So I want to start off today's show by saying one thing. Grace and Alan, you are a piece of shit. Okay, now I'm done. Oh, uh, what do you do now? Oh, he undercut uh, uh, Mike Car- uh, Caruso, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, Alex Caruso. Caruso, yeah. He, uh, he, uh, flagrant foul number two, Pat. Yeah, it was, and, it was nasty. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, um, so I'm seeing it here now. I will, I will uh, and he heard I'm, him. I'm seeing the story about it. You know, this is just, um, I give, and he, he just got, sus- I think it was two hours ago. They just announced he got, he one got suspended. A one game suspension. This is, and he made he made a statement that he just came out and made a statement that uh, you know he wasn't trying to do anything. Blah blah blah. I was just making a play on the ball. Yeah, okay. You didn't have to keep, hold on to was you know use your left arm to keep holding on and then swipe with your right, which also pushed down his other arm and made him fall harder. He just has the history, I, and it's, I, it's ridiculous. Guard, Alex. I, I'm going to be blatantly honest. Um, it mystified. Well, okay, it doesn't really mystify me because I know exactly why somebody wouldn't do this, but it mystifies me as to why nobody has just not walked up to him on the court and just punched him right in the fucking face. Because he's yeah. been a dirty, he's been a dirty player his whole fucking life. Yeah, no, he definitely he has he has no pass. And then he he made a comedy. He's like, well, I wasn't laughing on the sidelines because so and so made a joke, and I was laughing about that. I was like, dude, you were smirking before that and everything else. Everyone saw you. You're on camera. So he's just a piece of shit. He's one of those guys, if I saw it in public, I would definitely take out his legs. Just because. So Sorry, that's is, kind of rude for some like people. But <laughs> for anybody who didn't see it, like I didn't see it live. I just saw a still picture and Caruso was like fucking sideways, like completely horizontal. Like, like Superman. Yeah, he he has done this shit. Oh, that's terrible. Here. That's a terrible view. Hopefully, to give us a better view on this, he's done this shit ever since you know he was at Duke. You know he's he holding on, his, and then he swipes. He, 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 had, this... a history, he had a history of, of bullshit like this at Duke. You know, it was repeated. Shashevsky kept making fucking worthless, meaningless, hollow excuses for him never disciplined him you know he no. was, i remember they i remember the one time like he they what, what they did they suspended him indefinitely and he was out for like one fucking game because the next game was against you know a top contender so of course they couldn't be yeah. without him for that game and so you know that if he did this shit in college like this and he's still doing this shit in his pros that you know he's done it his whole life and he's done it since he first stepped onto a basketball court and nobody ever fucking corrected him. all right here's a better you know? gonna yeah. be a better so view of this Thanks, Joe. I was in a good mood. Now you got my blood boiling. Yeah, that was. I hate this, I hate this motherfucker. Nasty. Like, yeah. Just, like it. Like, why are you grabbing onto somebody's arm? Like, did I you? Like you, Fallon, you, but you, you totally missed the ball. Like you kept holding on, and then you swipe at the right. Not like that. He didn't get hit in the head, which is fine, but. When you swipe, you put his other arm out of the way and push it down, and it makes the makes makes the impact even worse. He grabs both arms here. Yep, one. Yeah. Like he's and then two. His hands right there. Mm-hmm. He's a piece of shit. He's been a piece of shit for many years already. So, like that's there is yeah. no reason, like no reason to hold on to a player ever. Like and when and when you're swatting. It's one thing to smack their arm and try and knock it down, but 
to literally grab an arm and hold on to it is just like, not, like, not necessary. <laughs> like, what do you like? What, like, what the fuck are you swatting at at that point? Like, seriously. Did did you guys did you see the clip of Russell Westbrook hitting the top of the backboard on a routine jump shot in the game? I did. Oh yeah, it was yeah, fantastic. Ooh, I'm gonna go find that one now. Yeah, it was hilarious. Jeremy, I could probably just send you that one because Adam actually texted it to me. All right, let me see. Yeah, I, I got to say, I'm thrilled that they gave him a one-game suspension because that'll deter him. Yeah, I know. I know. And then when they Adam, would try to – Do you want me to send it to you, Jeremy, or – No, no, I got it right here. Okay. <laughs> like... Fucking Westbrook, what a bum. <laughs> and it's funny. He's starting to get so pissed off because people are starting to critique him. He's like, wow, I can't have 20-some points every night. Yeah, but you could at least play consistent. And I'm pretty sure we talked about this before. He doesn't play, he's not even playing consistent. And I saw I saw a meme. It was like a picture of the backboard, and almost all the glass was missing from all the bricks he was throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> what you got for us, Westbrook? This Here we go. Here we go. Pat, if you ever this is like <laughs> he's telling people where to go. This shot was like someone who just like started learning how to play basketball. <laughs> like, where the hell was he shooting? That looks like you know, Pat. That looks like something Pat would have done back in the day when I lived there. No, 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 no. So, no, he's saying, he's saying, he's saying, he's saying. <laughs> what I was about to, what I was about to say is, whilst no one will ever accuse me of having a good jump shot. True. I'm just messing with you, Pat. I never shot that. <laughs> guys, there you guys have you guys all I think you guys all met my friend Danny one time back yeah. in like probably high school when I was playing basketball with him. He was shooting a layup and he threw it completely over the backboard on a layup. I've seen people do that before. <laughs> I mean I've shot a shot from the corner and hit the side of the backboard. Okay, but that's not throwing a layup yeah. over the backboard, not even hitting backboard on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a little overzealous of uh, a layup going over. I mean, the once again, me and Joe have seen somebody trying to throw the ball off the backboard to himself and completely throw it over the backboard. So Yeah, because he thought he was uh had the hops to uh you know <laughs> do an alley oop to himself. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't played basketball in a while just because of coaching and everything like that. So I haven't had a, play, a chance to play with my my nephew and, no. his, and his buddies. But it was funny. The one time I was playing with them, we were playing out. We were playing outside at the at the park because it was a nice day out and stuff like that. And I had to laugh because somebody shot a shot and it bounced up and hit the top of the backboard and like, oh, that's out! And everybody stopped playing. I was like, well, that no, that's not out. And one of the kids who's younger than me by like probably at least 15 years or, or probably more goes, man, I don't know what rules you guys are playing by, but if it hits the top of the backboard, it's out. He's like, that's been forever. I'm like, just thinking to myself, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, that's not how it is. And that's not how it's been for, I don't even know when that rule was instated that as long as it bounces toward it's got to bounce over wow. backward, backwards, not. I know. I've seen Buffalo just put a touchdown on fourth down. Fourth and 13. Gabriel Davis, third touchdown of the game. Wow. So, yeah, I just had Can to I laugh. Ask you, 
this young kid's trying to school us on the rules of basketball when he has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah young kids these days, young kids. Oh, he tore. Oh, oh, he put a move on him. And he fell down. <laughs> that was crazy. That was good. That was good. Who, who the hell is Gabriel Davis? <laughs> Apparently, somebody today, at least. And that's what the uh, he was wondering. Like, what the hell, Buffalo? He was a fourth round pick out of Central Florida in the 2020 draft, pick number 128 overall. He had 35 catches for 549 yards and six touchdowns this year. Why not? Oh, and they just scrambled and got the two-point conversion. Nice. Now they have to get a field goal. <laughs> what hey, the hell was that? I mean, we can – That was football's been, football's been crazy all weekend. Football's been super crazy. I'm so glad. I know. Aaron Rodgers is an awesome postseason quarterback. Oh, my God. What the hell was yes, that? Yes, I know. That's – that's why he has less rings than Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, considering the fact that, um, you know, there. he's, uh, what is it? Uh, people still consider Aaron Rodgers a goat. Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's slow down with the goat stuff. I hate that with a passion See, when I hear that about Aaron Rodgers. I know it's an acronym, you know, for greatest of all time. Hmm. But, you know, to me, when it comes to sports, whenever you refer to the GOAT, you were always referring yep. to the one who most, you know, conspicuously fucked up. So that's why I've never really understood why people just, you know, adopted the whole, oh, he's the GOAT. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about him? You're talking about him like he's good. Yeah, the greatest of all time. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't so do awesome. that. Once, you can't do that once the words used are in another context in the same. No, no, no. No, no, I'm using that word forever. Person. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's only one goat in the NFL, and that right now is Tom Brady. Yeah, you even know, though he lost, and I, it doesn't pay me to say that. It years ago would have paid me to say that because I had a lot of disdain for him, and that was mainly That's... because a lot of times the Colts, when Peyton Manning and the guys that I liked played for them, and I rooted for that team, they would get stopped by the Patriots and Tom Brady, and that was Manning yeah. and Manning. Manning like choked sometimes in the postseason too, yes. but Aaron Rodgers has eclipsed Peyton Manning for that because Manning's made it to the Super Bowl three times. Aaron Rodgers only made it once. And Rodgers, so. and, yeah, and Rod, and here's the thing about like, and, and I feel bad for my dad because he is a Green Bay fan, and he's like, you know, he. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for any Packers fan right now. So. Well, no, <laughs> I, I, including I my mother-in-law, I don't feel bad. So. Yeah, and you know, I because. He roots, you know, he roots for the home team. He roots for the Eagles and the Eagles were, I don't, like I said, they didn't belong in the playoffs to begin with, but the Packers looked like they had a, a legitimate shot at. They did. They've like, they've looked at for five years, the last five years. And then you had all that yeah. off season shenanigans with, with Rogers and, Oh, I, I don't know if I'm going to play. Oh, I'm going to play, but you got to get me these players. They get him the players. And he cannot – he's like the LeBron of the NFL right now. He's getting the players that he wants. You can't complain about not winning. It, it's your own <laughs> damn fault now at this point in time. You have nobody else to blame. You got the players that you wanted. You had the kind of team that you want. Now you got to fucking put up or shut up. And he didn't put up now. Again. Yeah. I'm, back, and he, I'm vaccinated. Oh, no, I'm not vaccinated. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he, he came out I I was today. Was so. 
Yeah, he came out today too, and he was. They were asked him. I don't remember which radio show it was, but he was asked about like next year, and he's like, "Well, we have to see. It's a couple months down the road." Just paraphrasing, but he kind of was pretty much put up up to the fact where he's like, "I have to see what the organization is going to do because I'm not. Um, I, I don't want to go into a rebuilding." Like he goes, I don't want to play for a team who's rebuilding. And I'm like, because Green Bay yeah. does have a lot of free agents, I think, coming up. Yeah, and I think they have some so, guys too. Yeah, I saw so, that too. Where he's like, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. And I'm like, well, why does why does Green Bay have to go into a rebuild? Uh, I don't know what their situations like though. So yeah, I think they do have a, like a lot of free agents uh, coming up this season. So it's gonna be all dependent on like who's gonna get what money, you know, and all that. Because I think Devontae Adams is actually a free agent at the end of this mm-hmm. season as well. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to get a payday. So, I mean, we'll see. It, it'll be uh, interesting. I know I'm behind. I know you're watching this game too, Joe, This the the Bills. And yeah, the I got a tablet right here over to my – I'm a little my, behind, like, I'm streaming it, and I know it's, like, probably 10, 15 seconds behind, but I saw Pat, Mah- I saw Pat Mahomes throw it, throw it to a guy, and he was out of bounds when he caught it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that guy. Yeah, Mahomes had that sweet sidearm pass earlier, like under the linebacker goes like this to try to block, and he's like sidearms it right underneath his arms of Tariq Hill. Like he's 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 got such a a wicked throw in motion. He could throw at any angle. He is so good at that. It's just insane. Helps helps. Wow, they scored a touchdown. Who did? Kansas City. No, don't tell me that. Oh, that's yep. see, I'm rooting for the Chiefs, so I want the, I don't want. Win, so. Yeah, I don't have it on TV. Tariq I just Hill have the game cast. I just have a game cast up on ESPN.com, and it just said Mahomes passed <laughs> short right to Tyree Kill for 64 yards, which means it sounds like it was a you know a catch and run. I'm not believing it was a catch and run. Yeah, touchdown. So, damn it, I don't want Kansas City in the playoffs. I I, want, I don't want them in there. I mean, I, I wanted Buffalo to win from the aspect of you know that's like that's like one of the most tortured fan bases in history um you you obviously have sympathy for tortured fan bases i don't i don't give a fuck and kansas city and kansas city (laughs) yeah it also comes down to an aspect of when it gets down to teams that i don't have any particular care for one way or the other like i don't like necessarily like them but i also don't like hate them then i'll just i'll generally pick to the team that's like you know the, the one that again like has had like the least like historical success kind of thing so you know kansas city's been in the super bowl the last two years and they won one of them so yeah i, I won't i won't mind like, like i won't mind if kansas city wins the super bowl again but just in the in this like in this particular matchup i, I would go with buffalo oh yeah i mean at this point i'm probably rooting for the rams Tariq, the steroid freak just out ran yeah he just outran everybody i don't like stafford but the rams have two florida state guys and von miller so yeah, yeah, those two Florida State guys fucked up today. Let me just tell you, bad. Oh, I didn't want. I was at work, so. Oh, yeah. Acres had two fumbles, and Ramsey got beat by Mike Evans on a t- was it the touchdown? Yeah, it was a touchdown. The touchdown that brought him within seven or tied the game. No, brought him within seven. Yeah, brought him with seven, all by himself. Yeah, he was it, right it, with he was right it, with him, and then he just whatever I don't know what he was trying to do, but he fucked up and got beat. And I was like, yeah, "Wow!" It, it was like a it was like a three play drive for Tampa that took thirty six seconds. Now here's my one problem: I just saw that play with Tyreek Hill. That motherfucker should be fine for taunting. 
because he gave the guy the peace sign before he even fucking scored. Well, yeah, they should have thrown, yeah. the, thrown the flag. Yeah, See, <laughs> yeah they, they should have threw the flag. The they want to do that shit to defensive guys for when they like stand up and they get in somebody's face, but that somebody can throw a peace sign when they're fucking about to score a touchdown. That's that. Yeah. See, that's well, a double standard and some bullshit to me. Well, well, well. To be fair, to be fair, he was wishing the guy peace. Oh yeah, that's what it was. He was. That's, he's that's, in happiness. That's, that's peace and happiness, joy, that, joy. That's that, That's a positive sentiment. Right. <laughs> exactly if what it was. Had, <laughs> if he had flipped the guy off, <laughs> then I mean, you know, obviously. Maybe he was singing "We Are the World" to him as he shot out of the peace side as he's uh running down the sideline you know his michael jackson voice he was rocking out the we are the world i don't know maybe yeah because it was as we all, <laughs> as we all know uh we are the world of course is one of the great contributions to songcraft that was ever it's right up there with do they know it's christmas yeah jeremy you're i think you're right about that i think there is a double standard i think that there is you're right so it's 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 just like I mean if they're gonna enforce that rule because it wasn't it wasn't a rule before it was something that they started enforcing this year if they're gonna enforce a rule like that where you can't taunt then it needs to be on both sides of the ball you just all time out you got three why aren't you using it you can't oh, no, they just did. say it's I only a defensive offense like it's an offensive thing too and normally you don't see a lot of it on offense because it's you know it, it just doesn't happen but. Tyreek Hill is like Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson used to pull that shit. Like, oh, he was being held before he caught the ball in that touchdown, too. Yeah, and the guy still fell down. <laughs> you know, you, you know, after looking at that, you, you I'm, I'm going to guess the reason they didn't call it is because none of the referees really recognized what he was doing. They probably thought that he was maybe signaling to one of the other guys to block for him or something. So I'll blame it on the referees being untrained moral. So, yeah, but. You know, hey, Sean Jackson I, used to do that shit because he would run the fucking – if he outran somebody, he did it on a punt return. He fucking – at the 10-yard line, he started to cut across the fucking field before he scored. I'm like, that's such a dick move. Like, and I know well, some people are like, that's so funny. Oh. He did that on that punt return against the Giants, and Eagles fans always said to me, he was making sure there was no time left on the clock. And I'm like, bullshit, he was taunting. Yeah, no, that's definitely up. taunting. Of the Giants were the Giants were not were not going to somehow miraculously come back with three seconds to go. Yeah, I, I will I, say this: I, I watched the the whole Rams. Um, oh, that's past interference. I watched the whole Rams um, Buccaneers game. You know, yeah, I I'm telling. Yes, yes, they lost that uh, uh, last uh, second field goal. I, here's my thing. Watching that game from start to finish, I do not trust the Rams. They have good players on defense. Their defense, for the most part, kept them in the game. Um, four fumbles by the Rams. Um, Akers yeah. had two. Uh, Cup had one. And then the offensive line snapped the ball. The cadence was off. They just snapped the ball, went right over Stafford's head. Um, and they lost the possession of that that as well. Just just mental mistakes. and and. Um, just not protecting the ball. Like I, I, and this is a playoff game that goes to the championship game and mm-hmm. so on. Just, and they played like shit in the second half. And this is probably the fifth game I've seen where the Rams play really good in the first half. And then they get, they, they just 
forget how to play. They don't play properly. They get way too conservative on offense in the second half. And they got to play the 49ers who will beat them twice. And I, I do not trust the Rams. Stafford played well, to be honest with you. For the most part, he played well. Um, what, Pat? The Niners have beat the Rams six times in a row, I heard them say. Yeah, yeah. They've, yeah, they've beaten yeah, them six or seven times in a row. And I, I just don't – and to be honest with you, the 49ers so far, what they've done, I give them a, a good shot to making the Super Bowl and beating right. the Rams for a third time. Everybody's oh, picking I, up Gabriel Davis Buffalo in fantasy Bowl. next week. Wow. Wow. See, I hate being behind you guys because you guys are like, wow. <laughs> Gabriel Davis, like, fourth touchdown of the day. Gabriel this is insane. Gabriel, Gabriel Davis just caught his fourth touchdown pass of the game. So, like I said, everybody's going to be picking him up in fantasy next week. If there's any other games going on, well, I mean, I they guess do like draft DraftKings fantasy, they, I guess. Yeah, they do pick them and stuff like that. I the Tennessee Cincinnati game just baffled me how Tennessee can have nine sacks but still lose that game. Dude, that was a sack fest on both sides. Like your your, your offense has to do something. And my problem is, is like with Tennessee, you got Derrick Henry back and he looked a little off, but he still had some good runs. You have Brown and Julio Jones. And I just, I, I don't, at times I'm watching Tannehill and I'm like, He's I, a I feel like I feel like you're Jay Cutler 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what are you like, what are you doing? Like, where are you throwing? Why why are you throwing that pass? Tannehill's not very good. I didn't I didn't see a lot of the Cincinnati, Tennessee game. What I did see of it when I saw Henry get the ball, he looked a little tentative to me. Yes, he the was. Thing that, the, the thing that pissed me off most about that game, of course, as a Giants fan was that it was Eli Apple who made that play on that interception. <laughs> I know. I know. Mother I was like, oh, Pat's, Pat's hating this right now. He's so mother, hating this. Mother, motherfucking wasted time, Ohio State piece of shit. <laughs> over, over drafted by Jerry Reese, you know, one of his great draft decisions. Hey, I'll say this, though. I'm happy with what the Giants have done so far this offseason. Fire oh, the GM. Fire the coach. Glad you brought that up. And I like the guy who they hired as the GM, at least so far. He sounds like an intelligent, hardworking guy who's actually going to put in the work to, you know, actually getting good scouting reports on players, which, you know, because that's one of been one of the biggest failures of the Giants organization over the last 10 years or so is that I think that they, you know, Dave Gettleman goes to the senior bowls. And this is not really a knock on Daniel Jones because I don't hate Daniel Jones. I think he's not been set up for success, but. Dave Gettleman supposedly goes to the Senior Bowl, watches Daniel Jones play three series, and falls in love with him. Yeah, not three series. They have to draft him at number six, where they could have drafted Daniel Jones much later in the first round. So you know, just so Pat. Yes, you might not like what your GM does in the free agency. How do you mean that? Because the Giants basically have no cap space, so it's going to be basically a bloodbath. I know they're going to have to cut a lot of veterans. So the rumor is, what about a, uh, Andy Dalton? <laughs> that sounds like a great thing to do. You ever get Andy Dalton? A certain Mitchell Trubisky is a free no. agent, <laughs> and there is a rumor that I, they I, might I, bring him in to compete with Daniel Jones. Okay, I would I would not <laughs> I would not object to that for a few reasons. 
Well, I agree, actually agree because he, from what I've read, he has done very well under the tutelage of Buffalo. So it seems right. like and he's improved a lot, which <laughs> no shit. You were coaching under Matt Nagy of that, of course. You, anywhere else you go, you're going to get better. Yeah, and, and look, I would, I would almost expect that to be not – I won't say a guarantee, but a, a, a distinct possibility that they bring in Trubisky, especially if they were to hire – uh, Brian Dable, the the Bills' offensive coordinator, as head coach, which is so far. I feel like that's going to happen. So far, out of the list of candidates that I've heard, he's my preference uh, because you know I'm not so much with some of the retread candidates that they've mentioned, like Leslie Frazier and Dan Quinn, and I, I'm really kind of like yeah with Brian Flores because. I know he, he drove a lot of people the wrong way. He's had some incidences, and that's what's people like him for a coach because of his culture, but yet he can't get along with people. And uh, three seasons, three seasons as Dolphins head coach, they had four offensive coordinators, four. two defensive coordinators, and three or four offensive line coaches. And offensive line, of course, is one of the biggest problem areas for the Giants. And he supposedly had power fights with the GM and every other thing. So there's like a there's like a huge you know like buyers beware label for me with Brian Flores, which is why I don't. He's not my he preferred. Still has a lot yeah, he's not my preferred choice right now. But if the Giants were to bring in Mitchell Trubisky, one, he's at least got some experience. Two, there's no yeah. way he could be worse than the backup quarterbacks the Giants trotted out this year when Jones was hurt. <laughs> Probably, he's probably gotten way better leaving, yeah. you know, Chicago <laughs> and under Nagy's tutelage. Does Buffalo earn his chance to get in the goal range? Uh, no. Not I even think close. First and 10 at Buffalo's 33. It says to me they're on the, they have the ball now in the Bills 31 with eight seconds. Yeah. Oh, so now they are. I just, I just saw the yeah. play. Yeah. They're in field goal well, range. Three seconds. Okay. Oh, my God. I don't know. This if is getting ridiculous. I don't know if I've seen a crazier fucking finish to a game than that. So that here's I, my problem. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> here's my problem with this play. I, I don't understand what Buffalo's D was doing. Like, why are you rushing the four prevent, guys? They're playing the prevent yeah, but, offense. <laughs> no, if they, were rushing, if, they were, if they were if they were rushing four, that's technically not a prevent. I think you can. I think in order for it to be a true prevent, you only rush three. They so should have only rushed old. three. They should have only rushed three, to be honest. Wow. That, that's a crazy last, like, four minutes of this game. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely is. And as Chris Berman used to say, and we are going to overturn. It's retarded. Redunculous. It's, ex- it's redunculous. It's, hey, you got to admit, this is an exciting weekend <laughs> with the close games. You, you, you can't get any better than the craziness. Well, at least it's a good anyway, scoring. But anyway, <laughs> between having a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, and Jones's injury history, you know, um, the Giants definitely need a competent, experienced backup quarterback. And if that's Mitch Trubisky, that's Mitch Trubisky. I don't really, you know, There's- it's 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 not it's not like if their backup quarterback ends up playing next year, that things are going right. Uh, and, you know, it's not like I would expect them to be signing Mitch Trubisky with the aspect of, well, he's going to replace Daniel Jones or this or that or the other thing. I would yeah, think it would just be more more, better competition. Yeah. And I also think it would be more along the lines of, hey, we're going to be picking the top 10 again. Bryce Young. 
I mean, if the Giants start mm-hmm. off shitty next year, I'm just going to say just lose every fucking game so you're picking number one and you draft Bryce Young. That's what, that'll be my fucking matcher next year. I guarantee it. There's a there's a gentleman in the apartment across from me that is clearly rooting for Buffalo, so I know when something's going well or not going well because I can hear him. So. <laughs> He's God damn it, what the fuck is going on in there? Oh, I don't know yeah, if that's great. I don't know yeah, if he's, I'm not, I'm I don't know if he's a Browns fan that doesn't like the Chiefs because the Chiefs beat the Browns last year. I don't know, but huh? this is a crazy, this is a crazy game, man. It's a crazy game. And how do you leave Jason <laughs> Kelsey like when at the end of the game, near the end of the game, how do you leave Jason Kelsey open? That Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Sorry, I got Jason Kelsey on my team as the Eagles fan. I know, sorry. I know. Travis Kelsey. How do you leave him that fucking open? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> But I understand you're trying not to give up the big play, but how do you leave leave Cooper Cup open if you're Tampa at the end of that game? That guy's all the time. I don't get it. Kelsey's a tight end, and you're not expecting him to slip behind you on defense where he could break one. You know, that's that's why you leave Travis Kelsey open because you're you're not covering the underneath stuff as tight. Well, Cooper Cup, well, (laughs) he first off, that that play, I I I, I knew it was not going Tampa Bay's way because they blitz off the corner. And once they blitz off the corner, you have Cooper Cup against a safety. And the safety that got, well, that got stuck playing him, Winfield, is not faster than Cooper Cup. It cannot keep up with them. I was like, he's going to get torched right here. I'll take that sentiment, Ohio State piece of shit. That was my best <laughs> yeah. pick for uh, fantasy this year was picking up Cooper Cup. That dude was a freaking point. He monster. was. Yeah. He was. He definitely was. Mine was Henry until he got injured, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. He's down. Yeah, I remember we I remember we had that conversation. We're like, Joe, is your fantasy season over now? Close enough. I mean, I saw Leonard Fournette who's you know picked it up in the second half of the season, but still it was like, ah. You know, I would have had him and Henry. Fuck. You, you know what good. I think they need to change is the uh the playoff system in our league. I think if you win in your first playoff game in the lower, like in a consolation bracket, you should be able to move up to play one of the losers from the winner's bracket and see if you can advance instead of just, okay, you're in the consolation bracket. You're just playing. You're just in it for the fucking fun of fantasy. (laughs) I, once I get into the consolation, I might set a roster for like the first game. But after that, I don't give two shits about any of the other ones because what's the point? There's nothing there's nothing for us in the consolation section. Like, just whoop to do. I came in seventh place. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if I don't make it to the actual playoffs, what the fuck do I really care? Yeah, I think they need to – I think that's one thing that I might talk to my nephew about changing. Like, hey, listen, can you make it that so – if you win, you get to play one of the losers? Like, see if you can oh, work your – I don't know if you're – I'm not sure if you're able to do that because I know when we did the NFL.com fantasy – Mm-hmm. like it's you can't you can't finagle the playoffs and how it like works it's either only a, you can only do the amount of teams and what weeks and whatnot and and all that stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> it probably has to be something that's like available to pick from it's not like i think yeah. i don't think you can just make up your own playoff system i think you, it's probably eight five ways you can do it and you probably have to pick yeah. one what's on there yeah i wouldn't be surprised it'd just be nice to be able like 
once I finished ninth, I know what you're saying. Though, ninth dude. for the season, like didn't matter. Like I won two out of my three consolation playoff games, but I still stayed in ninth place, even though I beat the eighth person. The you know, it, it was just it's kind of silly. Like you can't move up once the once the final, unless you're in the the top the winners bracket, which for some reason I never am. Which I don't just, get it how some of the people I, that pick their teams like even fucking make it. I'm like, why? Where the hell do these fucking dudes come because from? Because fantasy, fantasy is a crapshoot. Like you don't have to, you don't have to like necessarily like have football, a lot of football background because they have magazines that tell you who you're supposed to pick. There's so much st- stuff you can do that. Yeah. I, 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 when the last time I was doing it, I was doing it and my, like my brother won and I said, I'm done. I said, he fucking won. I said, I'm done with this shit. So, <laughs> so it's, well, my, my, it's funny. My brother, uh, Chris, he always, he always drafts very odd. But for some reason, he always ends, ha- ends up having a team that plays really good. But once he right. gets to the playoffs, by he, I think he's been in the championship game twice in the last three years, and he loses both. Th- he's lost both times. He always comes in second. Joe, yeah, Joe definitely. Joe's. I remember back when I used when Joe used to do fantasy drafts. Joe kind of doesn't follow the formula that most people do. I always thought Joe kind of drafted his own way and didn't say, "Oh, I have to do this, this, and this." And Joe usually has pretty good teams. I remember doing drafts with Joe and Joe had a, I mean, I, you know how I know this? Cause one time Joe wasn't going to be at a draft and I had to draft for him. So Joe gave me his list and it was a very unorthodox list, but it worked. Joe's it worked. So that's why I know that Joe. Cause I distinctly remember you giving me a, I think you were going to see a concert at the uh, Allentown fair. You were going yeah. to see somebody there. Neo. And, and and I had to do your draft for you. And when he so, went to the game, with he somebody there, else started, he instantly regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had fun at the Neo concert. It was Neo and somebody else. I forget who else. I, I, used to, uh, I, I remember using the magazine back in the day, really more as a guide than anything. Like I, I didn't like, I, 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 I wouldn't like draft based upon their specific order. Like, you know, Let's say like wide receivers one through eleven were gone, and I needed a wide receiver. I didn't draft number twelve just right. because it was number twelve in their magazine. I picked up those magazines, and and this is also, of course, really kind of more pre-internet in a way. Um, it, was, you know, it wasn't really pre-internet, but like when internet became all immersive with this shit. But I really mainly did that to avoid the Jeremy situation. What when Jeremy stole <laughs> Brett's magazine? Jeremy stole Brett's magazine that time. <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, when Jeremy drafted Peerless Price when he'd been out of the league for a year or so. <laughs> uh, and also because that was, there I think that was year. my first fantasy football draft ever. So probably and, and, and also because there was the one year where I did try to do it from just like memory of like who was out there and everything. And I remember I drafted Peerless Price that year, but he was still playing. Um, but it, it didn't. I don't think. I don't recall having a great season that that year because it was. Just, it was like it was like too much guesswork. So it was like I just needed to kind of have like a list of like who's there. Which you know, I said his fantasy draft. You, you could wish that he was on your team, right? I, I think the biggest thing with Jeremy's cousin uh, nephew's draft is like the last year, the first year I did it. I, I did check out the point system and like how the points go for each position. 
and I kind of drafted my way and I really didn't go for the running backs right away and is a very favorable draft uh, league, I should say, for running backs. And that hurt me in multiple games. This year, I got Derrick Henry and some others, which helped me. But then, you know, my quarterback situation was a little all over the place. So I had to uh, finagle that. But You have to draft a a running back that catches the ball out of the backfield. Because you get points for catch, you get running yards, you get – because then you get both. Because then you get the receiving end of everything and the running back end of everything. Jeremy, yeah, it, always, yeah. it always depends upon the parameters of the league and how you score. Like when we did our leagues where that, that Matt was the manager, you know, like completions and receptions and the game is over. Completions and receptions counted. Yes. For, so, that made, so that made quarterbacks the most valuable players in our league, um, you know, more so than running backs. It's getting trickier to do that now, of course, with running backs because, you know, no team really has one featured back anymore. So you know, yeah. there, there's very few three down running backs or, you know, there's definitely not guys who carry the ball 25 times and catch 10 passes a game anymore. So, you know, it's uh, that's one of the reasons why I think I've kind of been happy that I haven't done fantasy really or paid a lot of attention to the last few years just because it's like, yeah, it's it, it is challenging. Drives, it's, something, it's something that drives me nuts, but I don't need to drive me nuts. Yeah. Jeremy's- there's, there's a- I was just going to say, although that year Jeremy beat you, Pat, in the playoffs when you were like, the, he had the best record and he only won three games. Jeremy's best thing ever was when he took that magazine from Brett. I'll never forget that. And then drafted the guy Brett was going to take. <laughs> See, I don't, I, I don't. I was a receiver of something. I forget. I only kind of remember that. I don't like specifically remember like, that. It was Jeremy being Jeremy. Like it was, it was awesome when it happened. I remember the look on Brett's face when Jeremy's like, can I see your magazine for a second? And then he drafted and Brett's like, you fucker. I was going to take him. And Jeremy's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like it's so much easier now because when you draft, like with, at least with this, especially with the ESPN <laughs> one, they have all the positions listed, like, and, you can see like who's the best possible pick and stuff like that. So you don't even really have to think about it. Now it's just a matter of, okay, what quarterback do they have on their team and how often does this person actually get the ball? You know, does this team favor the run more? You know, it's just knowing that stuff that really is what favors. Yeah. They, they, they do make it easier when you're drafted to like look up stuff. I don't like doing the whole, I don't like, I changed my draft to always look at what they did the previous year. Cause I could care less what they're projecting them to do for the, the current season. Uh, it really doesn't make a difference to me. I kind of just want to see what, remember kind of like go back and see what they did the previous year to see if, you know, how well they did and what they've done the last couple of years and kind of go off that. The, the worst thing for me was <coughs> if I couldn't be at the draft and they had to do the automated draft. Cause I hate so many players. I'd have to go in and take all these guys who I refuse to draft and put them at the bottom of my list. <laughs> so I never, did yeah. draft. I, I never, I, I think I only did a draft like that once because I'm like, I do not like these drafts because I have to do too much work for a draft like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think most drafts, uh, uh, like leagues, whatever you want to call it, um, have ways where you can tell it to like, you know, you can put people on like, don't draft lists now. 
Um, looks like can I, I, I put whole teams on because I have whole teams where I don't draft from. Yeah, I, I, I refuse. I, refu- I, I refuse to draft any Eagles or Cowboys. So I'll just say this: Kelsey was losing the ball on the way down on that catch. Like that ball was coming out. Wait, are they reviewing it? I don't. Yeah, they were. They were. It says final. It says final. It's final. But they were definitely yeah. reviewing it because they were. They had uh, Andy Reid on the sidelines along with all those coaches um, mm-hmm. talking to the refs. So they were definitely reviewing it. But that ball was definitely like not stable when he went down. It definitely could have went the other way, but it wasn't one hundred percent, you know, irrefutable. So, I mean. To, to me, Kansas City is is the favorite now to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I would I would definitely they'll probably be big favorites over Cincinnati, and I would definitely expect them to be a favorite over whoever. I want to say Cincinnati's team. defense though is better than Buffalo's defense. I want to say that they have a much better. I don't know if Cincinnati's offense is better than Buffalo. No, though. probably not. I would definitely in, not in three that. years or four years maybe because Burrow Burrow's a good quarterback, like but he's right, he's and they young. do have uh, Jamar Chase. They have a really Chase. good receiver. That's right, Chase. I mean, we'll, we'll see because, you know, Buffalo, I mean, Kansas City gives up a lot of yards. They so. do. Kansas City's a hostile environment to go play in for a rookie, a young quarterback, too. This was Josh Allen's second time doing it. So, Burrow, it's going to be a hostile environment. <laughs> what, were, no, what, were you about, what were you saying about Buffalo's defense versus Cincinnati's defense? I want to feel like Cincinnati's defense is better. Buffalo's defense gave up 75 yards per game less during the season. Okay, but how many? Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo only gave up like an average of seventeen points a game this year. Yeah, Buffalo gave up five fewer points per game. Yeah. Okay, so, so they're comparable. Um, but it's playoff time, and you saw how they played against you know stopping Derrick Henry last week. So they're on a mission. We'll just see, you know, you know how much of it, honest, you know, Kansas City. Uh, it it'll be interesting to see where Kansas City is. Next year, because I feel like either Tariq Hill or Kelsey has a contract coming up that has to be paid out. Kansas City has the worst defense of the four teams remaining. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That doesn't surprise do that when you give when you yeah they legitimately do score so easily. <laughs> well, yeah. In the beginning of the season, I remember we were talking about Kansas City couldn't stop anybody, and we were looking like, oh, maybe Kansas the bloom's already off the Kansas City Rose. So. Well, yeah, they still I mean, can't it's, stop it's, anybody. Just they still can't really stop. But, well, it's we, just we, one of the things like who's going to get into a shootout with them who's well, going to win we a shootout all, with them that's the thing we were also speculating if they were the latest team to suffer from the super bowl loser hangover syndrome you know where you lose the super bowl and then the next year you just are like oh we don't remember how to play football anymore <laughs> yeah well, and don't like make the playoffs the, of the season and i just think guys got healthy and it, yeah it just, they, you know, they, they 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 switched it back on i guess you could yeah say. They, they, right. you can say that they did that probably. They it's, it's interesting. That game's done. Only the AFC has somebody that only has, is the only one that has the number two in it. Like it's, it's four and six in the NFC. That's interesting. That's not the norm. Well, it's usually be good. two or three. Like if there's at least a one, two or three in there, usually, not usually. A well, yeah, San Francisco has a chance. You had, you had three road teams win. You know, yeah. So crazy and it was very it was very nearly four so <laughs> it'll be good games next weekend i will say that it'll be but good buffalo it'll be good games to watch the, buffalo is at least the three they were the three in the in the afc weren't they i'm pretty sure they yeah were. yeah they were yeah. so no yeah. so, it'll be fun 
I'm going to change. I'm going to interesting conference round. I'm going to yeah. change. I was going to change back to basketball. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, let's talk some more basketball. I can't wait. Do we want to talk about LeBum and and, and well, I wanted to ask Lakers. You, I wanted to ask you when you put that when people look back at who Jordan had to play in the playoffs. I wanted to ask you to clarify what exactly you meant by that. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there was, I, I saw. I didn't watch the video that Joe posted. I mean, Joe kind of told me about it, but I didn't watch that. But I was wondering when you made that comment, what exactly you were meaning by that or referring to. So there's, there's a very big misconception by current fans of the NBA that Jordan did not have a level of talent to play against that LeBron has. Like they, you know, they swear that LeBron plays against a lot better teams than Jordan did. And there's a there's a guy. What what was the name of that guy that, that was being interviewed? Joe, do you remember his name? Chumpert. Chump was it Chumpert? Yvon Yvon Chumpert. Yeah. Yeah. And he thinks like he he believes Jordan is better than LeBron. And whoever was interviewing him, it was some young guy. Um, you know, he was a dick said, sucker. Yeah, he's like that. He goes. He goes. That is a LeBron dick sucking comment right there. <laughs> He's like, so fucking hilarious. He calls him right out. Like, Damn. Um, but yeah, he's he's like, okay, let's. So he's like, okay, let's take a look at the, who they had to play. And he goes, the Trailblazers. And Chopper goes, what's wrong with the Trailblazers? He's like, it's the Trailblazers. But when he was playing the Trailblazers, the Trailblazers had good players. It's not like they didn't have good players. They had. Good All right. So this this is what I told Joe the other day because I I I thought about this. So I think that if you go back and compare the first three rounds of the playoffs, I think Jordan played against better teams than LeBron did. But in the finals, I, I, I don't know if I can give that nod to Jordan because the Spurs and the Warriors are better than any of the teams Jordan played. Both of them well, are better than any of the teams Jordan played. I actually think Jordan retired and dodged the bullet and didn't even play the best team in that decade. He didn't play Houston. So. Um, Which is still a toss up because they could have beat Houston too. I, they could. I'm just saying that that was the best team, Joe. I'm not saying that Houston would have won. I'm saying that would have been the best team Jordan played against. I think they were better than Utah no, me, or Phoenix. I got to, I got to look up something here because, and, and I'm not trying to, di I'm not disagreeing with you entirely uh, there, AJ. Um, so let me see. Bulls. Jordan always had to play the Knicks. Ships. Well, I, I think sometimes Jordan had more pro I think he played better teams in the Eastern Conference finals than he did in the finals. I, I guess that's my point. I think sometimes he had a tougher trek to get to the finals. LeBron slept walked through most of the playoffs. He never really had to play anybody. But yeah, I, I I'd be curious to see, you know. The way those next teams play defense, sometimes I'd be curious to see LeBron playing against those teams. But different eras too. So. I don't. I don't like you. You guys know I don't like LeBron, and I'm. This isn't about wins or losses. This is about who played against better teams. The Warriors and the, and the Spurs are. What that Warriors team from 2017 is is the second, first or second best team we've seen in our lifetime. So we're talking about Spurs Warriors teams that are going to be ranked in the top ten when you're talking about best teams of all time. I don't know who the best team that Jordan played against is. Maybe it's Phoenix. Maybe it's Utah. I think record-wise, it might have been Phoenix. But I think, I think it was Phoenix. All right. Yeah. So, like, I'm just 
So let me share out my screen here. Um, no, we don't want to see your screen. Thank you. It's not full of porn. Okay, stop. Yeah, you're setting us up. <laughs> Maybe. No, yeah, see, yeah. No, I need to share sound. All right. So, uh, so here's here's the '91 playoffs. Um, you know, they play. So Chicago played the Knicks, which we know the Knicks were good back then. They had good players. Well, they they beat the Pistons, and the Pistons yeah, they were beat the Pistons. The Pistons were were the the bigger victory, I think, in that yeah, whole playoff, especially that year, because that was the first year they beat the Pistons. Right. So lost to them before. Um, yeah, the Pistons were the king of the mountain at that point, and they yeah, played they the were. Lakers. Now the Lakers at that time, they had. Hey, that don't say the they were all old because they weren't all old. Yeah. No. No. But that, but that I, was no. They had that Magic, perfect. but I think Magic. I think Magic got hurt. In the finals that year, and that was that was kind of the last hurrah for that Lakers team. Yeah, so they had, I know Eldon Campbell, um, Divock. Divock was young at that. This, time. Like I said, though, I don't, I don't think you can use this one because Magic got hurt in the finals. So I don't know how you you can't really use this team then because Magic didn't even he played in one game and that's it. So I mean, if if you had a healthy Magic, you know, you did have you had a great supporting character you know, team. You had Divock, you had AC Green, who was good, Sam Perkins, Byron Scott, uh, Terry Teagle. Right. But James Worthy. You, so you, you're, you can pull up the rosters for all the teams they beat. They're not going to be a better roster than the Spurs or the Warriors. None of them are, none of them are going to be. <laughs> I just told you guys that the Warriors in 2017 the best starting lineup in, in our lifetime. So... And your point... I'm just saying that the Warriors and the Spurs are better than anybody that any of the teams that Jordan beat in the finals. Both of those teams are better overall. They won one five championships and won one three. So I have a headache now. <laughs> so here's the Trailblazers. And they were a good team back then. And nobody knows that because nobody, unless you were watching basketball, you don't know that Portland was pretty good. Like Drexler Magic, good. Magic played in all five of those games. Okay, then. That's why I was confused when he said he got hurt. I was like, I don't remember him being hurt. This is taking a while to pull up. I don't know what's going on here. Nonetheless. So we'll say. It's a valid argument. So we'll put this. So we'll just say, you know, except for the Spurs and Golden State. And LeBron had to play those two teams. That's all LeBron really played. He played the Warriors four times and the Spurs three times. So most of his finals were against those two teams. He didn't play a bunch of different teams. He played those two teams seven times. So if he had played each of them once, it wouldn't matter. Then this argument wouldn't even exist. But that's all he played against was those two teams, basically. Right, and he did beat the Spurs one time. Well, he beat the Warriors and the Spurs both once. Yeah. But he lost, he was one and two against San Antonio, one and three against the Warriors. But like I said, it's, I, it doesn't matter wins and losses. I don't, I don't, we've already established that LeBron's garbage in the finals. He's fucking four and six. Like, <laughs> enough said there. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's very interesting that they, they're only, I guess, I guess when the arguments made, they only look at their finals opponents. Well, you know, back then, it, the it's East, just interesting because 
the East like was East. better than the West back then. Like traditionally, right. when the Bulls exactly. were at their best, the East and it's was... flopped. It's flipped now. The West is definitely yeah. better than the East. And that's why LeBron walked into the finals most of the years because he played in the East, and the East was garbage most of those years. So it's, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the conference balance of power is definitely different. So the East that LeBron went through was definitely a lot weaker than the West that Jordan had to go to. So, yes, that's that's true. Like I said, it, I I just. It's only in the finals where there's a discrepancy. If you take so if the rest you, of the playoffs, I don't even think it's close. So. Right, so if you want to look at just finals opponents, there was certain teams in the West that were definitely dominant at that point in time. And, and you knew going into the playoffs that the playoffs, the finals went through one of two, maybe three teams. You know, um, and definitely one of those was the Spurs when, when um, uh, Duncan was there. It was pretty much the Lakers and the Spurs. And it was yeah. the Lake, it was the Lakers when Kobe uh, Kobe ends really when Shaq was yeah. there for a while, and Kobe without Shaq for like one or two years, um, because they were really good when he had Marcus Gasol too. Or no, Paul Gasol, Paul Gasol, yeah, not Mark Paul. Um, and then when Golden State started to put together their team. Um, when they got Draymond, well, that's, and they got that's, Steph, and they got Clay, that's and then eventually was. KD went there. It was five. They played in the finals five straight years, so it was Golden State for five straight years in the finals. So, so and it just it's just one of those things where it was the same thing when the Bulls were really good. You know, when the Bulls were the were the team, like you knew the playoffs and the champion in the in the in the championship went through the Bulls. Like, so essentially, you're looking at the Bulls were the Golden State Warriors. No, they were of, of, they of were, that time were, frame. So were. it's like, how can like, you know? It, so are we saying that, you know? So when you make that argument, who was better, Jordan or well, Jordan was on the it team. Well, no, I know, but I'm not. You know, this is this isn't that no, argument. All I'm no, saying, no, no, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying, like, for all these people that want to make these arguments about, oh, who's better, who's better? Well, Jordan was on the it team. LeBron's never been on the it team. Like the the championship goes through LeBron's team. You know. Uh, when he was on Miami, maybe, maybe, maybe you could say that the first couple, maybe not when San Antonio, but like the year where they lost to Dallas, they were, they should have won that year when they beat Oklahoma city. So I would say maybe there was a two, two, maybe three year period where you could say maybe the finals were going or the, the road to the, the, the finals was going through Miami. Mm -hmm. So in the Eastern conference. Yeah. He was two yeah. and two with Miami in the NBA finals. So I, I but you're right. And a lot of these people that are having, that are making that argument are kids who are 25 who didn't watch or know what was going on back then. Right. So I just want to compare conference final, uh, you know, opponents compared to, well, what was the entire, what did it look like to get to the finals? Like so far, LeBron finally moved over to the West where it's actually really hard to make the conference fun. I mean, and he won. He won, but he won in the pandemic short season, and I don't even yeah, count I don't that. Care. I don't count that. <laughs> Especially with the injuries that were that were laid in against certain teams. You know, history says it happens. I know, history but says I, it happens, so it happened. Yeah, but, but like in all sports, whoever won the championship that year, it's the asterisk of asterisks. So, so I, you know what, you know what Dodgers. I just, I just happened <laughs> when I got home from work. Nicole was watching Fifty First Dates. 
and there's a part in the movie where they're making fun of stuff and they say Boston Red Sox win the World Series and then it says just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like didn't like it like it should, yeah, didn't it say something like like Red Sox won World Series and it showed Aaron Boone's home run. Yes, yeah. And then it said just kidding. <laughs> and it's like, thanks, assholes, they won the next year. <laughs> That's why I've never watched that movie all the way through. That I, mean, I, I told Nicole when I walked in, I said, hey, Nicole, Sean Astin plays my brother Ned in this movie. <laughs> so it's just it's just funny like to hear, you know, there's always going to be that debate because they've just been in their time frame in which they played in the NBA. They were the most dominant individual player. Jordan, you can say, played on probably, uh, without a doubt, the most dominant team when he was there and it was before free agency existed. So there, you know, there's some discrepancy there. Oh, well, they could easily keep players and you didn't have to worry about losing players or paying players, extraordinary cat, you know, contracts and shit like they do now. But if you look at the warriors who still have dream on, they still have clay Thomas, they still have Steph Curry. And those guys have all had contract renewals, but have decided to play together Wow, and crazy the Spurs, and the Spurs all did that for years. Yeah, Duncan and, and Parker and Ginobili took pay cuts for years to play together. And I think that that's an admirable thing to say, I don't care about the money. I want to play together and win more. Yeah. My, my One of my dipshit brothers told me that that's greedy, that, and he has a problem with guys taking pay cuts so they can stay together and play. And I'm just like, I'm not even having this discussion. How, how the, uh, but but it's okay to take money and go jump ship and play with your friends. Yeah. That makes a so, lot of sense. I, I never really like got into a deep dive in that argument with him because he pissed me off so much when he said that. I'm like, I'm not even having this Because just that thought, you. that thought just hurt my brain. Like thinking how, how does the word greedy fit he, into taking he, a pay cut? He turned... He turned that into a negative, something that has always been a positive to me. He flipped that on me and turned me, turned that into a negative and tried to tell me that that's something that's wrong with the league when people do that. And I'm just like, we're done. It's so greedy that they want to win championships. <laughs> Somebody else have a turn. <laughs> so it's, it's not greedy. why we play the game. You know, it's exactly. Not, it's not greedy to say, okay, I want to go to you. This, this is the non greedy part. Okay, I'll stay here, but you got to pay me one hundred fifty million dollar year. You know, for the next seven years, you got to pay me one hundred fifty million dollars, or I'm gone. That's not greedy, and say, okay, all these other guys, they can take a pay cut, and I get paid. That's not greedy. That's that is the most in my mind of like that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And essentially, that's what LeBron does. He says, "I'll come to your team." It is got to pay me and then everybody else on that team has to take a pay cut well and he tries to get who he wants in on the team and then when he doesn't work when it doesn't work he blames it on the the organization like he doesn't own up to it and take the blame himself and then he goes somewhere else yeah so it's it's i mean when when you're really coming down to it i have no, no problem with players saying pay me what i'm worth you know, absolutely not. You think that you think you're worth that? Fine, go for it. Whatever. Now, yeah, you know, teams are going to because if teams are going to pay it, then that's really on the teams. That's why it's like when I when I get to like you know CBA negotiations in any of these sports, you know, especially with the lockout baseball now, it's like you know I don't want to hear these owners complaining that they have to spend this much to sign these guys. It's like you know you guys are sometimes bid against yourselves, and 
you know, sign sign guys to overpriced contract. And that's that's not the fault of all the other players that you, you know, overspent for this guy, you know, or whatever, but it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, I'm just gonna say that the the whole LeBron Jordan argument for me, I'm trying to think of like a comparable argument in like a different facet of life. But and the ones I'm coming up with are like Who's better, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Who's better, DC or Marvel? Who's better, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, I lost the last one I had, shit. Um, but it's like, at the end of the day, God, I'm so sick of the argument. <laughs> I mean, I am too at this point. Yeah, it, it's, it's gotten old. I've been sick of it for years. Yeah, it's gotten old because I know, I don't it, that, yeah. there's no, like you have to stop putting them in the same category. They didn't play in the same era. It would be different if they played in the same era. They don't even play the same position. No, they don't play the same position. And the league is 10 times different than what it was when Jordan played. It's not even the same league anymore. Well, and one one of them, one of them, and and I've I've said this time and time again to everybody, the biggest biggest gap in that whole argument is that is not even on the offensive side of the ball. It's on the defensive side of the ball, but we live in a society where nobody gives a shit about defense. So nobody cares that Jordan was the best defensive guard in NBA history. And that LeBron is just an, a decent, he was a, he was an okay defensive player and he had one good year. He's not regularly recognized as one of the best defensive players. And the sad thing is, is with his ability, he could be one of the best. Right. He would be probably the best defender any time he wanted to, if and he I actually tried him. to. I watched him in NBA Finals games against the Warriors just let people go by and dunk and do all that stuff. I just watched him, and I'm like, okay, anybody trying to tell me that this guy knows how to play defense is clearly not watching these games or not actually watching this guy play. So we, that, that's, we live that's in a society where people don't respect the thing. That's, that's where the biggest gap between those two guys really is. And it's like, I've had people try to argue with me and, and I'm like, do you, how many first team all defenses of LeBron made? How many has Jordan made? Like you, you just go look at that and the argument ends real fast because it's not even close. So, <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's I, interesting. I think that that the, the one thing I sent you guys where it says Steph puts up big numbers and losses and he gets criticized and LeBron does the same thing. I do think that that happens. I do think that they glorify LeBron for playing good in like. In oh, yeah, there's loss. a lot of times LeBron, I, like, LeBron could do no wrong, like things that, you know, other players would get criticized walking off the court early, you know, putting up yeah. big numbers, but his team still loses, you know, still loses. You know, things like that that other players get criticized for, LeBron does seem to get a pass on. I'm not, not saying time, but there's certain times the time, where you... but I think it does happen. I think he does get like singled out as being, oh, he look at this performance by him in a loss. And then like if Steph doesn't play good, I think that he's they they he didn't play good enough, so they lost. But if LeBron has 30 and a triple double and they lose, oh, he did his best to make sure they didn't lose. But if Steph had the same stat yeah. line. It, it would turn into the opposite. He didn't do enough. <laughs> Playing in garbage time is, is doing your best racking up more, more uh, stat sheet shit. That's like, that's like a college football team winning 42 to seven and still has their, you know, starters in halfway through the fourth quarter, <laughs> just running up the score just for stat wise. Yeah. I saw, I think it was same concept. Sent us that meme too. other NBA teams 
Yeah, uh, I said you guys in the that fourth one. quarter. Yeah, and then LeBron playing in the fourth quarter when they're up. Like, Adam, Adam sent me that one. So I, I don't know, I don't know how much truth there is to that one because I don't watch yeah. LeBron play enough. I mean, I when I, when I get those memes, sometimes I tell my friend Jay because he likes LeBron because sometimes he'll chuckle. He got really offended when I told him about that. <laughs> one. So he got really offensive with me and said, I, I don't really think that that's true. And I'm like, I don't necessarily know if it is. I'm like, it's just a meme that somebody sent me saying LeBron likes to play in pad of stats and garbage time. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? Certain players in the league, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I really wouldn't. I can't say LeBron does it because I, I won't – Unless he's playing the Sixers and I'm watching the Sixers, I have no fucking clue, and I could fucking care less. Um, but I would be surprised if there's, you know, a lot of NBA players that do it, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot that don't do it. Like I, like based on character, Steph Curry, yes. I feel has a character that says, "Okay, my team's up by twenty or thirty. I don't need to play right he, now." He I'll doesn't say. play. He doesn't play in a lot of fourth quarters. Like people have, I saw something talking about like scoring margin in the fourth quarter and Steph's wasn't high but there was an asterisk next to it saying he doesn't play he hasn't played in a lot of fourth quarters in his career because he's played on good teams that were winning by 20 in the fourth quarter and he sat on the bench a lot you know and and I know I'm not I'm not a big uh Harden fan but I feel like Harden would sit it sits out too like in fourth quarters when his team's up by a lot well he doesn't want to be in the game because he has to play defense so well, well, <laughs> That's another point, but I feel like he's got the kind another of not defensive player. You know, I feel like he's got the kind of character that he doesn't do that either. Like he doesn't go in there just to pad stats and be like, okay, well, I got another 20, you know, I got another 10 points. I'm trying to remember. There was a guy Westbrook. I feel like would be in the game to pad his sure. stats. I, I need to get that triple double. Like I'm two, I'm two assists away from a triple there, double. I'm, no, there, I'm going to play with the backups to get my triple double tonight. There, it's all good coach. Guy, I'm trying to remember his name. There was a guy that played for the Cavs one time who missed a shot intentionally to get a rebound to get a triple double. <laughs> I remember. I kind of remember that too. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> was it? A, t- tell me it wasn't fucking what Verjao. Like I no, feel no, like no, it was this was, this was probably back in. This would have been maybe the last decade. I think it was like somewhere between like 2007 and 2000. I don't know if it was between 2010 and 2020. I just remember thinking it was hilarious i'm like wow this guy missed a shot to get his own rebound that's just just silly and stupid oh my god that triple oh. double really yeah. means a lot you know, so right go get it. <clears throat> you know sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do man like it's <laughs> like you gotta get the numbers until you get the contract so i gotta tell you it was really uh, funny we were playing like um my kids the kids that i coach are fifth and sixth graders and I see some interesting things happen during games, but I had, I had to laugh there. We played against this one team and their best player. He intentionally, intentionally threw the ball as hard as he could off the backboard on the last shot and rushed the rim. The problem is, is that as the shooter in our league and in most youth leagues, you can't do that. Like no. that's, that's, that's a, a lane violation. Like you have to, you cannot rush the rim from the, you have to wait until the ball hits the rim before the shooter can go. Everybody else is allowed to go as soon as the ball is in the air, but the shooter has to wait for the rim for it to hit the rim. He wasn't allowing it to hit the rim. He was just going. And the first time they did it, they didn't, they didn't, they let it go. 
but then he did it again and tried to like he tried to do it like three or four times when he had foul shots i was like wow like these coaches are not teaching they're just letting these kids do whatever the hell they want to that's so sad that's so sad to hear that's insane like come on man (laughs) teacher like there's no reason for kids that age to be doing shit like that yeah. well and it's funny like you see the, you need to learn how to shoot a fucking free throw kid <laughs> yeah. not try to do some fancy shit off the backboard well and the problem is and, and with that team we were keeping up with that team like they didn't beat us by much they only beat us like by three points i think it was and i think that's why they were trying to do to try and get some extra points it didn't work of course but uh it was also it was also horrible that coaches are you doing that yeah we uh we played another team and this team we lost to by a lot, but I don't know what the hell was up with this group. Like none of the coaches, like I, I had to coach two different teams that day and it was the third and fourth grade team and our fifth and sixth grade team, which I normally coach. None of the, the other team would not give us their, their scorebook to be able to write down the roster. Now it's not official that you have to do that because we don't have a score table where you have to like signing your players or anything like that. It's on the honor system. But on the honor oh, system, you're, you're supposed to be playing the same kids every time. You know, kids don't show up because they're sick or whatever like that. That happens. It happens all the time. But you're supposed to play the same kids. So there's no way to track and say, okay, if the league wanted to investigate, did your kids play? You know, did you have the same kids playing all the time? Or did you violate rules and, like, had different kids come in at certain times or swap? Those coaches are going to fucking lie. <laughs> come in, you know, were they were – they, you know, playing on the one team and then, oh, we needed extra players. So you brought them over from that team because you're not allowed to double roster kids. Were you doing that? Well, there's no way to tell with this one team because they wouldn't share their scorebook with anybody to be able to write down the roster of the kids that were playing that day. And evidently they, they were don't doing do some shady all. shit. Yeah, they were doing some shady shit. And I wouldn't be surprised because it's one of, I know that school district and I know some of the, I, I, I've been around that school district enough to know that there's some, shady stuff that goes on with some of the organizations in that youth organization so i wouldn't sounds like dyc to me back in the day (laughs) (laughs) so that's what it sounds like it's just interesting some of the things you get to see with being with different not not being with a different organization and getting to experience other organizations i thought we had it bad when we coached for lcya and some of the shit that went on with those teams that we played all the time it's, it's there's shady shit that goes on with all these different teams and leagues it's just a matter of who the who's the shady team, you know. <laughs> you gotta figure out who's so, the shady team. So sad. I that drives me crazy. My so my my cousin is the he's the band director at like one of the high schools. Yeah. So they went down to Disney World this week. They took the band and the choir That's down to honor. Disney World this week. So I'm just way down there. What Jeremy? Were they, comp- were they competing down there? I don't know what they were doing. I, I just know they were going. I think they were, you know, being in some stuff. I, I know yeah, that it's it's like, kind of a competition. So on the way down, and I, I have not seen my cousin yet. My my parents told me my cousin's coming over Tuesday, so I'm gonna get this full story, guys. On the way down in South Carolina, supposedly a truck that was in front of their bus, a big sheet of ice flew back and cracked the windshield on the bus. Damn. I believe that. So, I, I, so yeah. they, they had to go. They they had to go. They sat in a Walmart parking lot for 16 hours waiting for a new bus. Damn. 16 hours? All, Those kids all must buses, have been going bananas. All the buses like stopped 
And, and my, my parents said at some point, my cousin told the other buses, I'll stay, you guys go. 16 hours with a bunch of high school kids or yeah. middle school kids in a bus with one bathroom in Walmart's parking lot. Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck the kids going nuts. I'd have been going nuts. <laughs> so I, I can't wait till I see him because I feel like he's going to be like, yeah, don't really want to do any of that again anytime soon. Don't want to go on any trips. <laughs> well, not, not if it involves buses and everything. But yeah, I mean. Wow, that's crazy. I, I mean, I've, I've seen videos in the past of like tractor trailers that are covered in snow that go, you know, on, you know, under a bridge when they're on the highway. And so then there's this huge, you know, it's like if you're behind that person and they're there, there's like, you know, six inches of snow on top of the cab. That's all coming flying back at you in one instant. And, you know, hey, power to you if you survive. Nobody got hurt. So I guess that's the best thing is nobody got hurt from it. But yeah, it that is the yeah, best yeah. thing. But that's also at the same time, that's that's very much a, uh, um, you know, whoop de fucking do, like, you know, what you want a fucking cookie kind of uh, <laughs> scenario. No, I almost say like it's like yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's great that nobody got hurt, but it's like to have to resort to that thought. Oh well, at least nobody got hurt. Yeah, but the fucking situation should have never happened. But these fucking truck companies are never held accountable for fucking you know. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's impossible to get up there and do it. It's like no, they it's actually impossible. make a They actually you just make don't a machine do now that does that for semis. They can drive right, right. under it. And it's like a giant squeegee. It just takes all the snow and ice off the top of the right. Trailer. So it's not it's not something that should ever fucking happen. Is is basically what my point to it is. So I, I get I get I get sick of the uh, you know people who try to like defend it as being like, well, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, fuck you, there is. I text I texted him today and I said, I I know you got your dream come true, spending 16 hours in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, all those crazy ass rednecks. Shit. I I, I don't even think like the the reward at the end, presumably that they would have gotten to go, you know, tour around Disney World for a little while, would have been worth that. So those people in South Carolina, like, oh my God, look at this fancy bus come down to us rednecks. What are we gonna do with that? Oh wow, they got a better bathroom than our double wide. From that South Carolina, there, buddy. (laughs) We we. I know I'm not. We. Look, Jeremy, we we managed to go 90 minutes and we didn't talk about wrestling. I know. So the next 90 minutes is all about wrestling, baby. (laughs) The the, the internet community is going wild because X-Pac showed up at the GCW show tonight. Oh, my God. He needs to give it up. Like, it's time, man. It's time. It's time to just give it up. Hey, man. Hopefully, he's just doing an appearance like, oh, I'm here. I'm X-Pac. I think it was just – it just looked like he was doing the crotch top in the crowd and stuff, but – yeah, he's you know he still likes to do his appearances. As long as he's getting paid gonna, for appearances, not trying to hey, wrestle anymore. If people or promotions are going to ask him to do it, he's and they're going to pay him a decent amount of money. He is going to be all in and do it. <laughs> yeah, and I and I'll say I'll say if he's going to do appearances, I think that's fine. You know, there's still some nostalgia with the fans that go to see these local shows and stuff like that. But please. Just don't try it. Like, leave the wrestling out of it. Like, you don't need to wrestle anymore. I mean, you know what kind of wrestler you were. You were a good wrestler. You had a good gimmick. Like, that's you, you, you've done your part. Like, you're good. I mean, Kevin Nash showed up to a show the other day, too. 
made an appearance. He didn't wrestle, but he showed. He was another wow. one. He showed up to a show and you know did some some stuff, cut a promo or whatever. But yeah, you know, yeah, I, you know? I'm, dis- I'm disappointed. I think Kevin Nash could have been a decent actor. Like all the movies that I saw him in, I always thought he did a very good job in playing his role that he had. Like I just watched The Longest Yard again with Adam Sandler, and his part was like was small. But it was really, I think he did a no, really he was, good job. He was entertaining. He was entertaining in that movie. Yeah. It's just like, like when he's, when he's what was it? I think it was Bill Romanowski. Yeah, they gave him estrogen. He's like, I think it was Bill Romanowski that said, it. he's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, oh, I don't know. All of a sudden, my nipples are really sensitive. <laughs> like, the guy's like, why are we talking about your nipples? <laughs> yeah he you know he did good in his roles uh, you know the stuff he did he did he did good i'll still give him props what? to that i've, I've always kind of liked the fact that like after like after you know anytime you see kevin nash he's kind of a straight shooter he doesn't bullshit like if he doesn't like something he will say it and he doesn't care if he like that's kind of how i am he if he hurts somebody's feelings in the process oh well He's a straight shooter, and I respect that, that he doesn't think he has to listen to what everybody else says is right or wrong. Yeah. He's like, this is how I see it, and this is bullshit. So He was so, all about making the money. Yeah. Jeremy, oh, why, why don't you share that fabulous clip I sent you of Mr. John Moxley the other night? Oh, yeah, let me uh, see it. Let me see it. Let me see. That guy was an asshole for saying that. That guy deserved to be thrown out. I couldn't understand what the guy said. He said, get this drunken piece of trash out of the ring. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Do you this know what they say? Coming back from, like, if you want to say, there's certain things, if you want to be an ass, and like, I've said assy things at wrestling, like, this guy sucks or that guy sucks, fine. But when the guy's coming back from rehab, you don't say that. That's not the first thing you say to this guy in the ring. <laughs> Well, well, it could be. Said. I don't think it's the right thing to say. <laughs> no. let, 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 he, let he who was without sin cast the first stone. And there's some reports, too, besides the alcohol, that he was in there for another substance as well. Well, we know that wrestling is one of those... One of those Moxley looks that... 10 years yeah. younger, guys. Moxley looks like... He, he does. Years. Like, he looks, yeah. like, so much better now. Like... Yeah. Well, well we that's uh, that typically happens when you get off. Yeah, so. I know. Well, and we know from being wrestling fans and watching documentaries and, and you know AJ reading all the books that he's read, a lot of guys end up on get become right substance abusers. You know, alcohol, pills, whatever, cocaine, whatever. Know, they just it's it's one of those things that a lot of wrestlers end up doing because they're trying to push through the wear and tear that it goes on to their bodies and being in the pain so much uh some of the loneliness that goes along with it even though they have friends that they might be traveling with they're they're missing their families and shit like that kids wife whatever it may be you know it's an unfortunate dark side of that industry you know yeah it's this yeah so here we go roll the clip this is sound on it was worse then than now yeah, it was definitely. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. Get that guy out of here. 
<laughs> Sounds and JR's like he hasn't changed much. John Moxley <laughs> was great. the first person to successfully drop the F bomb on a wrestling TV and because they bleeped the rock out when he did it. So yeah. Well and that time yeah. I could hear that clearly. I could actually hear guess, that guy clearly. I, I guess yeah. they didn't have I guess they didn't have the delay in place, but um I'm sure TNT or well no, it's on it's on PBS now. That's yeah. right. Um I mean well same difference really when you come right down to it. Um I'm sure they still got fined so. So, yeah, awesome. they might have. I don't think they really cared, though. <laughs> like that's. It was, that was, it was you know. I think they probably care. <laughs> they'll, they'll probably be more diligent about making sure they have an appropriate delay installed now. I guarantee it. Mm, possibly. It was. It was awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. Edgy. Like it was a special wrestling moment that we may never see anything quite like that again. So, yeah. uh, and it's it's. You know, it's interesting because I don't, you know, I have, I can't say I've ever watched AEW, like their, their main show. Um, but I don't feel like AEW crowds are like a WWE crowd where they're trying to they, interject themselves into the, the match and make themselves part of, you know, what's going on within the ring and the storylines and stuff where WWE fans like trying to interject themselves and like trying to control sometimes what's going on. It's it's just it's a different kind of it's a different kind of fan at the events though so it's hard to compare like yeah. AEW or NXT fans to like the WWE fan base it's just it's a it's you can't really compare them because it's a different kind of fan so right. we just we've experienced like watching pay per views and, and stuff like that where fans try to take over a match like they li- literally try to take over like the- I mean fans are have done that at more than I, I've seen fans try to do that at NXT or AEW, but they don't have success because it's like one or two of them. It's not a whole cast of people falling into that trap essentially. Yeah. So, so the one thing I know we wanted to talk about, and we mentioned this on the last podcast is we wanted to talk about the 1992 Royal Rumble since it's the 30th anniversary of the 1992 Royal Rumble. And I must say I went back yeah, I went balk. I went balk. Balk. <laughs> did you also go Mozart and Beethoven? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you should. Um, but I did go back and I watched that. I actually watched the entire pay per view. I did fast forward through some of it because I was like, "Oh my god, this is terrible!" Like I remember when these tag teams or whatever were in. I was like, I didn't like to watch them then. I don't want to watch them now. Well, I mean, I just watched yeah. the Rumble itself. I mean, you that was enough not- of an hour. I don't think you could pay me anything to rewatch that Bushwhackers Beverly Brothers match. That was bad <laughs> with Jameson. I, I, I and you know what's sad is when the Bushwhackers, when I when the Bushwhackers first came into WWE, I enjoyed watching the Bush, Bushwhackers. But then I watched now, and I'm fun. Like, oh my god, they're licking people! Like that is so fucking gross. Like <laughs> yeah. and people are like excited to get licked. I'm like, oh, it's nasty. And, and- and you know, it was, it's also fun because if you ever saw the Bushwhackers before they came to WWF, when they were the sheep herders, before they came to WWF, when they were the sheep herders, you know, they were like the most violent tag yeah. team around. They were, they, you know, they were the Dudley Boys. So 10 years WWE, actually, Dudley. WWE actually ruined them, essentially. They like mm-hmm. dumbed them down and completely ruined them. Like when you yeah. look back at it now, we, we, we say that a lot about WWE. They did that to them back then. <laughs> now now the good, thing, the good the good the good thing for them was like after like 15 or 20 years or however long it had been that they had been together before they came to the wwf 
you know, destroying themselves and everything, um, they probably got paid a hell of a lot more to be dumbed down in cartoons and everything. So yeah, they did. They were like, that, yeah, you know what? We'll take this fucking money that, and did and yeah, have some it's fun. Like, it's like it's like that was their reward at the end, you know. The the Beverly Brothers were from Shaker Heights, Ohio. That's where yeah. they were billed from. So, yes. And one of one of their one of the the one guy Bloom, his child is in NXT right now. Von yeah. Wagner. He's fucking garbage. So yeah, they were they, they were they were one of the the Beverly Brothers were one of the high points of the last days of the AWA when they were called the Wrecking Crew. I think. they weren't a bad tag team, Pat. I no, they, I, they they weren't. They got they got kind of a shitty gimmick in WWF, they and, they, and they they just never really got. The only time I ever really remember them ever challenging for like the tag titles was they wrestled the Natural Disasters at '92 SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, it was like they were they were always behind. It would seem like at least two heel tag teams on the pecking order, whether it was the natural disasters between they turned face or the nasty boys and then money Inc. and everything. So it was like they were never the top heel team. And uh and and like I I also seem to remember they started a program between them and LOD in '92 and then LOD quit. So <laughs> I kind of like yeah. I kind of fast forwarded, like I watched little snippets of the other matches just to see, mm-hmm. oh, look, this this was one of the matches. But then I I just kind of watched the Royal Rumble. So, yeah, it was. I mean, the undercard wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. You at least had two title matches. You got to see the one and only time that Roddy Piper ever won a title, a singles title, mm-hmm. uh, in WWF. Because yeah, you know, I remember that time he won the tag titles with Flair there when they were doing one of those nostalgia runs. But, um. You know, and the, the whole thing was like originally that intercontinental title match was supposed to be the Mountie challenging Bret Hart, but something was wrong with Bret. So they did this thing where he had the flu when he tried to wrestle the Mountie at a house show with 104 degree fever. The Mountie beat him. <laughs> so they switched around the title match, you know, like the weekend of the event and it became Piper taking Bret's place and challenging the Mountie for the intercontinental title, which he won. And then there was the tag title match between LOD and the Natural Disasters, which the Natural Disasters won by countout. Yes. And then Jimmy Hart. And, I, and I've never, and I've never understood why they did this because it made them look so stupid that they won the match by countout and they thought they won the tag belts. I know they're holding up the tag belts like, yeah, we won them, we won them, and it's like when everybody, nope. yeah, when everybody knew you could never, you could not win it belt by count out or dq unless it was specifically said and they never had and they'd really never done that at least not in wwf at that point so well, jimmy hart tried that, to that, cover that, it up pretty good when they went backstage for the backstage interview which was cut before the actual match <laughs> I, just, I don't know but it, it was still so stupid it's like you're making you know jimmy hart who's like you know your number one or two heel manager and like your number one heel tag team look like complete blithering idiots because they thought they won the titles on a count out so was, yeah Pretty and, I, and I forgot about their, one, their their British announcer, like backstage guy, sir. What was his um, um Lord Alfred Hayes? Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about the, him. The, the late great Lord Alfred Hayes. So yes, he he uh interviews Hulk Hogan at one point in time, and Hulk Hogan gives probably one of the worst backstage promos interviews ever. I was like, what the hell is he jibber jabbing about right now? Because I don't understand him. <laughs> I mean, the promo he that they showed, he had been into the nose candy. when when they showed like the promos right before the royal rumble like hogan's promo was really good there like that one was really good because i'm like oh well at least 
And anytime you guys give me a chance to watch Hogan wrestle and make fun of him, I'll take it because that's what, when, what's going to happen. The promo was good though. So at least the thing, the one thing he is good at was promos and his promo yeah, was good. It was before, yeah, it was the interview that Lord Alfred Hage did with, did with him before that. That was so bad. I'm like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, but you I better mean, get out of here. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> you can't ever really critique the wrestling in a Royal Rumble match because it's really just, you know, organized chaos. So, it is, but when it's yeah. organized chaos that looks unorganized, then you can start when I see somebody do 50 fucking chops in a match. There was 50 chops in that match. If you counted, I'll bet you'd get to 50. Oh yeah. Oh, well, the, and it was I mean, Flair and two other guys. Was, like it was just chop city. There was, there was mm-hmm. a, there was a time where one time, you know, one time tag team partners, Ric Flair and Greg Valentine were, were squared off with each other. And yeah. Valentine wanted, I think just to chop the shit out of Flair. And I think Flair grabbed a hold of him and threw him into the buckle and then basically ran. And then basically ran away, which worked on two levels. It worked on one level because Valentine was actually a face then for one of the few times in his career. Uh, so it would make sense for Flair to be running away from a face. But also because Flair's like, look, I got to go the distance in this goddamn match. I can't be sitting here taking 10 fucking chops. <laughs> like, Yo, we all... He... Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just saying that the commentary for the match was awesome. I love yes. listening Bobby to, Heenan, to, Bobby to well, yeah, he did, which is awesome. It was like yeah, this, this, the whole time. This, it was great listening this, to him again. This was a question I was going to pose to you guys. Who was the MVP of the 1992 Royal Rumble match? Bobby Heenan. The answer is Bobby Heenan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bobby Heenan gave his best performance on commentary ever. Because I did get a little annoyed at one point in time by it, but overall it was very entertaining. Yeah, but at the same time, it, it was it was it was great because he had some he had some great one liners. He, he there were some moments where you know he's just clearly losing his mind. He'd run out of things to say, and and like it worked yeah. like in case Babe. Like there was one part where it was like somebody was like jogging down to the ring saying like. See, look, he's wasting time. He's wasting energy. Yes. Like, yes. And Monsoon's like, he's not wasting energy. He's like, and um, one of my favorite lines, of, and of course, he's like, I got to apologize to the people. I, I don't think I can be objective. What have you ever been objective? And, but it's awesome. It was good back and forth. Flying jalapeno. Come on. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably the best line, though, that he had in the whole match. And I don't know however many people remember this that well. Because he had so many lines in that match. When the Barbarian came out. And because Monsoon kept, you know, saying like, you know, like, oh, this guy oh. doesn't like Flair. That guy doesn't like Flair. He's like, he's like, Barbarian doesn't like Flair. And Monheen, without missing a beat, just goes, Barbarian doesn't like anybody. When I managed him, he barely liked me. <laughs> Why do you think they call him the Barbarian? He's not a hairdresser on his day off, you know. <laughs> It was and it was funny too because at some oh, point man. in time he makes a reference to uh, Tito Santana making guacamole. He's yes. like, what? <laughs> His tights are green. Charles Michaels was making guacamole out of El Matador. <laughs> he is not. Look at the tights; they're green. <laughs> we we did we did it's get the funny scene. stuff. There was about a ten or fifteen minute sequence there where we got to see Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair try to outsell each other. So we did get to see that. That was entertainment. I saw a yeah. flare flop. I think I counted four different times. I saw flare. Oh, I thought I thought I saw him do it five times. <laughs> there, yeah, there, there, there. Yeah, there was all. So, 
let me just kind of give you some numbers from the from from this Royal Rumble. So, I mean, obviously, the the, the biggest thing about this was that the match was for the WWF Championship, which was unprecedented. They they had never done it. The first four years of the Royal Rumble, it was just this fun little match, but it didn't have any meaning really. Um, the first two definitely didn't have any. The 1990 Rumble they used basically just to set up the Hogan Warrior match at WrestleMania that year. Mm, yeah. uh, the, the 91 Rumble didn't have a lot of storyline going for it. Uh, they kind of ended the Hogan Earthquake feud in it. Um, and they kind of continued a few other feuds on to WrestleMania, but there was nothing at stake. Yeah. So the, the titles at stake here because of all the shenanigans that had happened between Hogan, Undertaker, and Flair at Survivor Series and the Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view. So the whole thing, of course, is you know, who's going to win the title? 11-year-old me could not conceive of a way in which Hulk Hogan was not getting his title back. <laughs> 11-year-old me hated this platinum blonde-haired guy who went woo all the time. Who had only been there for four months, you know. Uh, so anyway. Uh... But anyway, so out of the 30 guys who were in that 1992 Royal Rumble, eight have sadly passed away. 17 of them are in the Hall of Fame or in the WWE Hall of Fame. One of them definitely will be in the Hall of Fame at some point and possibly this year, that being The Undertaker. And then there's 12 other guys who, the way I look at it, five maybe get in the Hall of Fame one day and seven who probably won't ever get in the Hall of Fame. You mean Skinner's not getting in, damn it? No, I don't think so. As much as they could, as much as they could honor Steve Kern for you know, his work uh, as, you know, in, in the Fabulous Ones tag team with Stan Lane back in the territories. And then... Yeah, I know, I, I'm joking. Yeah, but, but then also being a long-time backstage official and he kind of started... Uh, he started the One Developmental Territory, which kind of evolved into NXT. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they'll put him in the Hall of Fame, but yeah. Um, Sid had the most eliminations that night with six, followed by Flair with five, Hogan with four. Uh, the British Bulldog with three, the Repo Man, the Big Boss Man, and Macho Man all had two, and then Shawn Michaels, Tito Santana, Hercules, The Undertaker, Virgil, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Rick Martel, and Roddy Piper all had one each. And the thing that's probably, of course, other than you know Flair just just Flair winning this, you know Royal Rumble, was the way that it ended and the way that it's been edited. Now, do you guys know what I mean by that? I forget. Well, see, I don't know if I've probably ever seen the original ending. Okay. I've seen it, but it's been a long time. Yeah. I don't go back and so, watch the Royal Rumble voluntarily, let me tell you that. So Yeah. So the last four guys in the ring are Savage, Randy Savage, Randy Savage Sid Justice, Hulk Hogan, and Ric Flair. Which is the now, main the double main event at WrestleMania. Yes, as it turned out. Now, just a fun little factoid here for you. Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan were in the ring together for an extended period of time. Do you know how many times they interacted with each other? Zero. Zero. They never went near each other, which made me go, hmm, was there heat between them then? Or was it just somebody saying, we can't have Hogan and Savage get involved with each other? But it just, I found it interesting because it was the first time they'd been in the same ring, I think, in like nearly two years. And I don't think they ever were in a... Oh, no, that's right. I did find that they had, like, some 
like untelevised match, which was on one of like the unseen Randy Savage compilations. But I was like, I don't think they ever got in the ring together again until Savage came to WCW. So, but anyway, so Sid's got Flair or uh, Savage kind of he's trying to like lift him up over the turnbuckle. Flair breaks away from Hogan, comes running at Sid, hits him with a running knee to the back, which causes Sid to drop Savage onto the floor. So Savage is out the second time he had been eliminated that night. Right, because he eliminated himself, and they that wasn't a rule clearly back then because he, he right. clearly jumped over the ropes. He clearly which yeah. I thought, which I forgot. I thought it was funny. I'm like, oh yeah, that wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. They always used to stipulate you had to be thrown over. You can't eliminate yourself. No, it was right. like because <laughs> at, at first Savage is freaking out saying Savage eliminated himself. And then like within like a minute of him like trying to go after Jake on the floor and Undertaker breaking it up, they're like, oh no, no, uh, I don't know, no, no. I, I guess what it is it? He's gotta be thrown over the top. And of course, that's not the way they do the rules today, you know. So it's like if you jump yourself over the top rope, you're eliminated. And and they had actually already done that before. In the 1989 Royal Rumble, Andre eliminated himself by just going out over the top rope when Jake scared him off with the snake. So, it was, but anyway, so... Them changing rules, that's all. Yeah, so Hogan gets a hold of Flair, knocks him over the, the buckle, knocks him down on the apron, and he's trying to kick him off the apron. And then Sid's just watching. And Sid just comes up from behind, grabs the hold of Hogan, and tosses him out. Yep. The arena went nuts. They were cheering uncontrollably. That Hogan got eliminated. That Hogan got eliminated by Sid. Hogan, of course, they edit the cheers out, don't they? They have edited the cheers down, and also I I remember this, and I probably don't have the tape anymore since my parents moved and everything, but. Monsoon was defending it on commentary by saying, "Oh, it's every man for himself." I don't believe that line is still existent on the network version. Like, if you go back and watch it on the network right now, like you won't hear him say that. Uh, it was on the Peacock um, version. I watched the Peacock version, and it was in. Well, he does say I mean. that. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, I don't remember. I, you know, like it's I've watched there. that. I watched that Royal Mumble match so many times, so it's like. You know, I I'd have to I'd have to really go back, but yeah, but it's you know, so, the Peacock version, so it's still there. Okay, so but it's 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 they definitely temper down the cheers though, so they don't make it sound like everybody was was really cheering for Sid eliminating Hogan. Um, and then of course, you know, Hogan grabs a hold of Sid's arm, and then Flair upends his legs from behind, and Hogan helps drag Sid out. So Flair wins, goes off to celebrate with Mister Perfect and Bobby Heenan, and then they had the whole big conflict between Hogan and Sid in the ring and Hogan's trying to do all his like you know hands of the year stuff and he was getting booed pretty heavily uh yeah they definitely it wasn't being booed when I listened to it it was cheers yeah uh, yeah the original version he was he he did get booed like that was the time where people were just kind of just not like we're done with you at the with this superhero yeah. character. I think yeah, yeah. people are were, were getting a little a little tired of his shtick and they were starting to see different stuff between people like Flair, Undertaker, Sid. Yeah, they definitely Brett had a Yeah, Brett was starting to get big at that time, too. So, yep. you know, they, it was really um, it was really pretty obvious that it was time for, like, a changing of the guard and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, they still originally planned to do Hogan, Flair, WrestleMania, and then still wouldn't give it to us because 
nobody has ever given the definitive answer to why it never happened. Some people have said that they the house show matches didn't sell well and didn't get good reviews. So they're like, We're, we can't actually have them wrestle at WrestleMania, which was still pretty stupid. But um, I don't believe the whole house show shit didn't sell either. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, look, it's like, you know, you always you want to look at the history of like WWE versus WCW. WCW gave you Hogan Flair right away. <laughs> and it's so I think it was WCW's best-selling pay-per-view for for some time, you know, when Hogan first joined WCW. So um yeah. But it uh, the, the the first like maybe 25 minutes of it to me were passable, but the last like and I I I know what you're saying. I still like there was when Hogan clotheslined Undertaker out, he like almost pushed somebody out of the way so he could go do it like it was it was it, it, there was there was a lot of places in that match where it didn't look like people knew what they were doing like they would i saw somebody hit one person while another person was hitting them there was a lot of like unor it was like you said organized chaos it was there was a lot of unorganized chaos in this match and maybe because i watched the last time i watched it was probably when i was a kid because like i said i'm not going to go back and I'm not going to go back and watch a lot of Royal Rumbles again voluntarily because the reality of it is most of the Royal Rumbles, the best part of it is the surprises. The match itself is usually a lot of garbage with guys chopping and punching and kicking in the corner yeah. and clotheslining. There's not a lot of great wrestling in this match. And I generally yeah. watch wrestling for the wrestling, and that's not usually happening in this match. <laughs> and there, there was a lot of no selling, too. Yes. Like I remember like how, how was a Haku got hit from behind with a forearm. <laughs> It didn't sell it. The barbarian guy hit with a forearm or hit in the back of the head. Didn't sell it. And he was like, "Oh, oh, I, I, oh, oh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna go back and forth. Okay, okay. You hit me, I hit you. Okay, I'll sell for you now." Like there was just so much of that going on too, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, this the is one horrible." Thing that to always watch. drives me nuts about the rumbles. It's it's like this with any rumble. So, so now guys get not, in there. It's like you know, some of the shit we can still say about them now too. Yeah. So oh yeah. The one thing that I will always say is there's always certain guys and you can probably go back and watch any rumble and see this that come in and they got to get their shit in. Like they give like their finishing move to every guy that's in there. Like you see, it's like Brock Lesnar will get in there and you see five F fives to five different guys. It's like, what the fuck? Like, come on. <laughs> well, that, that, that happens. Um, I think more now than it did. Yeah. Then. I mean, like a lot of times you'd have where like somebody uh you know like like one of the more like prominent names comes into the ring and they come in like a house of fire and they'll they'll throw guys out right away like in in, in this one look at my list here the ones that would qualify for that was like as soon as undertaker came in he closed on jimmy snook out yeah. um as more or less as soon as savage came in he he eliminated jake which jake. was you know of course that was a big feud at the time when Hogan came in, you know, he went right after Undertaker and Flair, who were the two guys he was feuding with at the time. And he, like, after, like, a minute or so, he, like, like Matt said, or AJ said, he closed on Undertaker out. And then he, like, eliminated the Berserker right after that because the Berserker came running at him and he, like, backdropped him over the, the ring and everything. Oh, and the Berserker. When he came up. When he came out to the oh, ring, I was like, oh, oh man. I know. I'm just thinking like, oh, shit, I was like, Berserker, I forgot about this guy. <laughs> I was actually happy to see him. I don't know why. I was like, yeah, go Berserker. This I know. Cool. I always kind of liked him. I always kind of had a soft spot for him. And and I 
I've always liked the Repo Man. The Repo Man was terrible. So, but I always kind of liked him too. He was like sneaking around. Even after he got eliminated, he looked like he was sneaking around outside the ring. Well, it's just funny. Like in his promo, he's like, because everything that's mine is mine and everything that's yours is mine too. And to think he had spent the previous, you know, four or five years of Smash. Like, yeah, you know, so, yeah, and it had been, it had been Crusher Khrushchev before that, but. Yeah, Repo Man got to eliminate two Hall of Famers in this match, Nikolai Volkov and Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, my God. And then, Nikolai yeah, Volkov he, looks so old. Yeah, he did. Oh, even in that yeah, match. he did. Yeah. 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 Hope you're not uh, staying in this match long. <laughs> Volkov was a substitute for somebody. Um, I know that wrestler I, somebody. Yeah, I, I don't I, – well, my point is I, I don't know exactly – Just like I, we all know the wrestler Vacant, too. Vacant's won a lot of titles. Vacant's <laughs> yeah. um, well, won the most titles in wrestling history. Because there, there, there was at least two guys who and, – and, like, I remember – I read somebody else's, like, review of this match, and they said they thought one of the good things about the match was because the, the, the WWF title was at stake, you didn't have any tag team in this match. There were no – full tag teams now i'm pretty sure that since jerry sags was in the match brian knobs was supposed to be but i think he was hurt and marty janetti i know who was supposed to have been in this match too but he tried Michael to die already through... turned on. yeah yes. and, and and the reason marty janetti wasn't in this royal rumble match was because he tried to uh you know you know, dive through a glass window to escape Shawn Michaels in <laughs> an ultimate act of cowardism, as Bobby Heenan called it. Um, you know, oh, so, yes. so I'm pretty sure Janetti and Nobbs were both supposed to be in the match. And I want to say that Nikolai Volkov and I'm going to guess Hercules were the two guys that were put in their place. As, I forgot like, how bad Hercules. Hercules was, too. Oh, my God. Bad. Just a giant he, Neanderthal looking dude. He, he, yeah. he, I am muscular. <laughs> like, oh shit, was, get off the roids, dude. <laughs> Hercules was uh was very much past his prime at this point. Oh, you know, yeah. like, uh, and when he switched from having like the full beard to going with like the Hogan style, like Fu Manchu, yeah, it made him look worse. So we this we was, did this, this was kind of, this was kind of Hercules's last event. Uh well, it was his last pay-per-view with WWF. He um <coughs> He got fired about a month later at a Madison Square Garden show when he wrestled Sid when, like, Sid had just turned heel. Sid, like, powerbombed him and beat him within 30 seconds. But as soon as the pin was counted, Hercules just got up and walked to the back like nothing had happened. Like, he didn't sell the fact that Sid had been powerbombed or anything. And I think when Vince heard about it, he fired him instantly. So, we, we did That's get to funny. see a, a precursor of Shawn Michael future Royal Rumbles where he almost went out eight times before he got eliminated. Like that was Shawn Michael's calling card in Royal Rumbles. And Dolph Ziggler yeah. is the guy that Dolph Ziggler does that now. Shawn Michaels was the originator of almost going out time and time and time. Yeah, there was uh, like a lot, you know, you'll you'll find if you go back through Royal Rumble history, is there's a lot of times where they use Royal Rumble matches to kind of help make somebody. Like they did in 1990 with Earthquake, where he came in and he tossed out like three guys, including Dusty Rhodes, and then it took like everybody in the ring to eliminate him. And it wasn't long. <laughs> and it wasn't long after that that they started his big feud with Hulk Hogan. Um, and computer. 
1994 match, they had Diesel eliminate like seven guys like all in a row. And he was like the only guy in the ring for a lot. And that helped like start to get him over. Um, there, there have been other instances like that where they use the Rumble match to really help sell somebody new. Yeah. Flair obviously is the star of this Royal Rumble because of what he did. Michaels would probably be second because this was his first thing as, as a singles, basically. This was like right after the Rockers split. Yeah. I always remember the, one of the funniest things was that when he came out, he was number six. He comes like jogging to the ring. And as he's like jogging down the aisle, somebody throws something at him and hits him. It looked like it was just like a wad of paper or something. But Michaels, he just goes like, and he continues to go down to the ring. So he like sold it perfectly. But then, yeah. Think like, of myself, you, you got your sweet mullet uh, to protect yeah. you. You're okay. You're okay. Yeah. But, 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 but like, the mullet AJ ran, said, yeah. was running rampant. In that Royal yeah. Rumble, let me tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking Mullet City. <laughs> it was only nineteen ninety. It was only nineteen ninety-two. You know, but but uh, but AJ pointed out, yeah, Michaels and Flair were were clearly trying to outdo each other for uh, for for a point there. And you know, Michaels, you know, was showing off the sweet chin music before it became the signature move. You know, he he gave it to a couple guys during that match. But yeah, he there was a couple times where he was like. He was like hanging over the ropes and he was like being held up by his feet or there was one time i think it was like boss man hit him and he like like flew like up onto like the buckle pad in the corner yes. and everything <laughs> i forgot, so, I forgot how high the boss man could kick his fucking leg he was kicking dudes in the head standing still like straight up like roundhouse like well, yes roundhouse. he was i was like shit like, i forgot yeah, about that he, yeah, well that's the thing i think because i think when he came back to wwf in the late 90s as like the enforcer character and everything I think people forgot about how athletic he was in oh, his yeah. WF run. Um, like, Michaels was really he, good. Yeah. Michaels was really good at falling on the ropes and bouncing up and down. Like that was one of the things he was. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Bulldog did that to him once. I remember. So, so here's what I thought oh. was interesting about the Rumble too. There was two 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 times this. Well, in the beginning, it was like the Bulldog eliminated pretty much anybody that came into the ring, and it was just going to be him and Flair forever. You know, that I was like, this is getting a little too much. Like, like, come on, let's let some other guys in here. Because to me, the Royal Rumble is a little bit more fun when there's more guys in it. And, you know, it's yeah, a bit of that definitely. uncontrolled yeah. chaos, you know, the chaos that we talked about. <laughs> but then there was a point, and I forget who came in. But after they came in, there was probably about nine, ten people in there, maybe a little bit more. And all of a sudden, it was down to like four. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, the, yeah, the camera clear. The, the camera view back then, because it was a new thing for them, they don't always catch the eliminations. Like, it's annoying when somebody gets eliminated and they just tell you and you don't see it. So, yeah, I think, I think they caught most of the eliminations in this one. Uh, no, nah, there was at least, I, there was once where two people got eliminated where I was like, oh, look, it looks like those two got eliminated. Yeah, it was just weird yeah, because, the, like, randomly, like, like, you had this big, group of people that are in the ring and they're fighting and then like one person comes in and all of a sudden all these fucking guys are eliminated i'm like what the fuck like um okay like and somebody you know, was why, why their, are we eliminating all these people job. at one time somebody wasn't doing their job they're like we need to get these fucking people all out of here <laughs> yeah i i see i can i can almost tell you like it, the, the match starts off with the british bulldog and the million dollar man bulldog eliminates the million dollar man and like the reason for that 
and, and yeah, and, and the reason for that was so you could have the shock entrance of Flair coming out at number three, yeah, and have Phoenix, and have Phoenix start going out. So then you got Bulldog and Flair. Jerry Staggs comes in. Davy Boy eventually eliminates him. Haku comes in. Davy Boy eliminates him. Then Shawn Michaels comes in. Then the ring started filling up. Then you had then it was Tito Santana. Then the Barbarian. Then Kerry Von Erich. Then the Repo Man. Then Greg Valentine. Then Nikolai Volkov before you start getting any other eliminations. Right. And then like the boss man came in and then you start, Volkov goes out, Valentine goes out, Repo Man goes out, Bulldog goes out, Kerry Von Erich goes out, Santana and Michaels eliminate each other. Then it's like Hercules comes in and then all like within a pretty quick series, Hercules eliminates the Barbarian, boss man eliminates Hercules and then Flair eliminates the boss man. So Flair's in the ring by himself. Yeah, that's what it was. Flair was in the ring by himself. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the reason for that was because the next entrant was Roddy Piper and because Piper and Flair had the big feud at the time. Like Flair was feuding with both Piper and Hogan simultaneously. So they wanted the one-on-one between Piper and Flair. And that was and when Piper came out, the crowd was lit. The crowd was yeah. absolutely into it. And you know, all the offense that Piper did on Flair in that in that uh sequence was they just pop for everything that Piper did. Like Flair tried to hit him with an inverted atomic drop and Piper avoided it. And like when Flair comes back up, Piper's right there with the old Roddy Piper, you know, two, two fingers to the eye. I guess I still like don't the understand like, how he avoided the, the inverted atomic drop. I didn't see him yeah. block that at all. I was just like, did he just, it was basically, the basically, it was basically the Flair, just, Flair just missed it, but that's oh. like, that's the way you had to do it. So that's the way you had to do it. And because, you know, Flair was so tired at that point and Piper was fresh, even though he had wrestled the match earlier, you know, it was like, you know, oh, he was able to do it. But then, yeah, the ring started filling up again. Jay, Duggan, IRS, Snuka, Undertaker. Then Snuka finally goes out. And then, you know, it kind of ebbed and flowed then until you got to the end. Yeah. It was you just, know, what, I think I saw so like, there, was like two, there was like There was like two halves to the match, basically. Duggan is well. Seeing Hacksaw Jim Duggan as an adult, he was terrible. He was terrible. No, no, he a, wasn't good. He was awful as a wrestler. Like just awful. Like I don't remember really liking him that much as a kid, but seeing him now as an adult, he was terrible. So he he he, he kind of always coasted on being like the big lovable guy, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know. His, you could say that his shtick at uh, oh. Ed, Ed, Ed Warren through Ed Warren through with this time, of course. You know, so. I just thought I thought I saw the, eye poke, the the Roddy Piper eye poke too many times in that in the Royal yeah. Game. There was a lot of eye pokes. Well, yeah, and again, that's the, that's to be expected in a match with no rules and everything. And we got but... to see the Hogan back rake too. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. I mean, oh man, they gotta they gotta bring back the back rake. I love that. Like, <laughs> oh my god, he ran his nails down my back. Oh shit, it's so painful. <laughs> I need to bring that back. I remember Rick Rude. So I remember thing again. I, I remember Rick Rude selling. I remember Rick Rude selling the Hogan back rake in the 1990 Royal Rumble. He was all like. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so vicious. While while Rude, while Rude was probably saying in his mind, "God damn it, I could knock this motherfucker out with one punch if I want to." Yeah, they need I to mean, bring that I, back in the rape, the rope, and the eyes, like where they take the guy's eyes against the ropes. Like some of that traditional stuff, just bring it back once in a while, just so we can be like, "Oh yeah, that's awesome." Yeah, the Royal, Ryan, the Royal Rumble match is the best time to do that, really. The, yeah, like as far as like 
like my personal like I I I I have a list of like the top like twenty wrestlers of all time. Ten five of the guys in this match were on my list. So like it it has to even though I don't think the Royal Rumble itself from start to finish is very good, I think it's kind of blah. This does have five guys who I probably would be on most people's top which ten five, list. Which five guys are you talking about? Flair, Michael, Savage, Hogan, Undertaker. So true. Those guys are all in that match, and it's you know they're definitely and unless unless like and I my top ten unless you unless there was another rumble in which Undertaker, Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, and then one of these other guys was in it. Michaels, I guess, if there was one with all five of those guys, and that would be another one maybe where you could say, okay, there's five guys off my yeah. list, but there's five guys off my top ten in this Royal Rumble. So, well, wait, what what guys did you just mention there? Rock, Austin, Triple H, all three of those guys are in my top 10 also. Okay. So if they were in a well, rumble and where Undertaker and Shawn Michaels were also in, then that's feasible then too. But I don't know if Michaels really wrestled in Royal Rumbles with those guys because he was hurt. He missed a lot of that time. No, he he never was with The Rock. I, I, I was about to say the 2002 Royal Rumble, but then I remembered Rock wasn't actually in that match because – the 2002 Royal Rumble had Austin Triple H, Undertaker, and it also had Kurt Angle, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, Kane, Big right. Show, Mr. Other, Perfect. Some of those other guys are in my top 20. Like, like yeah. you named a couple guys that would be between 10 and 20, but this is this might be the only one that has five guys that are from my top 10 list in it. Yeah, and like 2001, you had Austin Rock, Undertaker, but Triple H was not in that match. Uh, and neither was Shawn Michaels. When, when by the time Michaels came back, and uh, let's see, two thousand three, we had Michaels, Jericho, Mysterio, Edge, Christian, RVD, both Hardys, Eddie Guerrero, John Cena, Booker T, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. Yeah, see, I don't that that there might be three guys there that are in my top yeah. ten, not five. Yeah, so I'm I'm just I'm just kind of spitballing with some ones that I remember off the top of my head. Yeah, because that could be one. There there might be one that has more top twenty guys of mine in it than, but I don't know if there's one that has more than five top ten guys. And this is so, this is the first time for me that this would be the first time we saw any kind of interaction between Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels too. And those two are the best. Well, of all. So in, I know my, we have the Royal Rumble Club. <laughs> They had, they had, Michaels and Flair had a singles match in late 91, which they used as like one of the um, reasons okay. as to why the Bockers broke up. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't portrayed as overly significant. So yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted you, Jeremy. No, that's okay. What were you going to say, Jeremy? We have, I know we have the Royal Rumble coming up soon. One of the reasons why we went back and watched the 1992 Royal Rumble. When is that Royal Rumble coming up? Next, next Saturday. Saturday. That next is Saturday, Saturday night. Yep. Pat, what's your list? What's your list of Royal Rumbles? Your awesome, sweet list of Royal Rumble moments or whatever, since you said you had something comparable to the Survivor Series thing. Well, so yes, uh, if you watched our Survivor Series live chat, <laughs> we went over a WWE produced <laughs> list of what they called the top 25 Survivor Series moments of all time. And I was destroying it because, you know, like the Undertaker's debut was number 17 
uh, you know, whereas like three spots ahead of that was Ray Mysterio giving a six one nine to Brock Lesnar and um, just just silly stupid, stupidness, just just stupid, you know, rankings and everything. So like like the Rock's debut was first, you know, shit like that. So we, I just remember we said the list was was pretty terrible. So today, apparently, um, they came up with a list of the twenty five greatest Royal Rumble match moments. So not oh, Royal fuck. Rumble moments, Royal Rumble match moments. So it's now, specific Royal that, the Royal Rumble match, not the pay right, right. So before. So, so the question I would say is, do we want to save this for next week or do we want to do yes. it now? Oh, yes. Next week. Say, don't spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking saving it for next week during the, the pay-per-view itself would be more entertaining. But now I will say this. There's a lot of moments on this list that absolutely belong. The order is... Huh? And there are, there are some very obvious moments missing from this list. I'll tell you right now, if the Vince McMahon moment isn't on there, I would... Uh, Vince, Vince McMahon winning the Royal Rumble? Yeah. That's no, that's not... A, I, that is not on here. And I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. Vince, Vince, uh. Vince has, like, mandates like that. Like, you know, like like the Hall of Fame. Like, you know, the instruction is nobody's supposed to thank me, you know, and blah, blah, blah. So he probably hasn't known so that like, whenever they do like lists of moments like these, they're not supposed to involve him or anything. So I'll, I'll spoil that one. No, Vince winning the 99 rumble over Austin with an assist from the rock is not on this list. That's, I mean, if that's the way he wants it to be okay, but that in, in my opinion, that's probably one of the bigger rumble Royal rumble moments just because of the way it happened. Because he hides under the ring for a part of it, and like there's just some wacky ass shit that happens. Well, that you're like, he, is he still even in this match? <laughs> he, he he ran away. Him him and Austin were one and two. He ran away from Austin because he had a trap set up where they the corporation just you know showed up in this bathroom and beat the shit out of Austin, and then Austin got hauled away to the hospital, and then Vince just disappeared for a while. Then he came back down, you know, to and he was. He joined Cole and Lawler on commentary because that's when Jr. was out with one of his Bell Palsy bouts. Uh, so he, jo- he joined Cole and Lawler on commentary, and then Austin came back, and Austin, like you know, still kind of screwed with him a couple times while he was sitting at the commentary desk, like like throwing a pitcher of water on him and stuff. But he didn't. Then he dragged him back into the ring when Austin eliminated everybody else. So, yeah. Which, speaking of, it was hilarious because I remember now Bobby Heenan was like saying that Ric Flair, don't, don't hurry, don't hurry to get in the ring. You don't have to get in the ring. Like he, he made reference to the fact, why don't you just go down there and sit outside the ring? Like yeah. He referenced that yeah. during this, the rumble, this one. Yeah, he did that very early. And then like, and then like later in that match, he's like, like, it was like right after Undertaker came in and, and closed on Snuka out, you know, then like, you know, then immediately like Undertaker started beating on Flair and Heenan's going like, and Flair goes right after him. What is wrong with you, Rick? <laughs> and he kept saying, "This isn't fair to Flair." Yeah, he kept that, saying that, that. Yeah, because that, that was his whole thing at the time. He's like, you know, you got to be fair to Flair. 
thank God that, that we at least have entrance music when the people come out, because that sucks with no entrance music when they come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it one does. thing I can say though, and I, and I the non-entrance music era of the Rumble was a little annoying. Yeah. The one, the one thing, and I mentioned this in our group chat, is that they did a very good job of, of keeping it right at the two minutes. I mean, they were a second early, you know, here or there, or a couple seconds late here or there, but they kept it pretty close to that two minutes that they talked about. And then, yeah, well, as, as, as Bruce Pritchard has said on his podcast, there's real time and there's WWE time. When it comes, to the, Royal, we, when it comes to, to the Royal Rumble match, you know, we got to see what Pat's always talked about how awesome the fans aren't counting backwards from 10, like in the Royal Rumble, they're always ahead <laughs> of it. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And you know, you counted a, a mite fast there. All you got to do is watch the number in the clock in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Count with the I clock. <laughs> Pat is um. Look at your eight, Look at the little hand go one by one. Is that top twenty-five list have people that like surprise entrance as well, or what's it consist of? Does it consist of surprise entrance? Um, well, I mean, there should be at least two on that list for sure. Uh, one, I could. One, you could definitely say it was a surprise. Uh, Two, I think you could definitely say, are surprise entrants. One of them happened in MSG, I'm assuming. So, um, <coughs> I'm sorry, three, three, three could definitely be considered surprise entrants. Um, two others, pseudo surprises, pseudo surprises. Ooh, pseudo- John well, I, on the list. I, I don't know if you would call it a surprise entrant because it's it's sometimes hard to identify what you can call a surprise entrant anymore because let's just say like as of right now they have announced 15 people for the men's royal rumble which is in six days so let's say they only officially announced five more by then so right. you, you, get, you got 10 question mark spots what's your so definition say, surprise? right well, well right so let's say aj styles AJ walking out styles. to the ring yeah, well, I was going to say, let, let's say Chad Gable is one of the participants in the Rumble match, and he wasn't announced ahead of time. Is that a surprise? No, he's a, no. he's currently on the roster. No. You know, so. Joe is uh, specifically keynoting one, as was I. So I was specifically saying John Cena and MSG. So <laughs> Yeah, well, again, I, I don't want to like spoil the list. Okay. Um, I remember how excited me and Jeremy were when John Cena showed up at MSG that night. You betcha. Well, um, I was there too. Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember you excited being, as I was. I don't remember you being quite as excited as me and Jeremy were. I jumped out my seat and I think I hugged AJ. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think I was such like, losers. <laughs> Whatever, well, I'm man. Gonna, I'm trying to remember. Who, I'm trying. I'm just trying to remember who else was at your house that night because I know I was at that house watching. I know you were too. Um, oh, I, I also seem to kind of remember that there was more speculation at that time about whether or not Brock was going to show up because I think there had been some talk about he had been ta- he had taken a meeting with Vince and people were saying, um, you know, hey, maybe maybe Brock, maybe Brock will show up, but there was like nothing, absolutely about nothing, nothing about Cena anywhere we we didn't even expect to see him back for wrestlemania that year you know we thought he was going to be out like 
a year from it was like September or October, you know, so and then either he was back in like five months, you know, so it's like makes you kind of wonder how he got back so quickly. Super Cena! HGH. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what? I'm, not, I'm not saying what was involved in being Super Cena. I'm just calling him that. Thanks, yeah. Doc. I needed that injection. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but it was a complete surprise and, and the way the crowd lost it and and you could tell it was a crowd that wasn't fully fans of Cena either, but just the fact that it was completely out of the blue. Yes. Yeah, it just it just made everybody lose everybody lose their minds. So, yeah, that was that that was a special moment. That was a special moment. AJ Styles was also a special moment. So, AJ Styles was cool because I I yeah, you know, I can't believe that's been six years already now. Um, because that was a forbidden door moment that we didn't know if we would see in I mean, that was a moment we didn't know if we would ever see AJ in WWE. We didn't know that at the time. Right. I yeah. kind of at that point in time figured if he hasn't come to WWE by now, he's never going to. So the fact that he did, and again, they did, they did it. The, they they kind of did it a smart way. They did it. They did. They did it the same way they did Flair coming out at number three because he was number three. You know, so like Roman's already eliminated. I think it was Rusev. And so he's like, and this was like when Roman, that was the match where Roman was defending the title. So it, it was a big, you know, stakes for that match and everything too. The only problem was the way they showed it live on the broadcast was they had the camera like on Roman the whole time. So you hear this huge cheer from the crowd and then they show Styles come walking out. They have you hear the like you hear the music and you don't even know who the hell it is, but the crowd's right, going ape shit. But yeah, we're in the fucking ring. Right. When the music starts playing Roman's even all like huh? I've never I've never heard this music before. Um, they do have like on their YouTube channel, like like an alternate angle of that moment where like they show like back up to the yeah. entrance like, with the Titantron and everything, and like it starts saying I am and then phenomenal comes up and as soon as the word phenomenal hit the crowd goes nuts because everybody knew exactly what it meant which is what was awesome about that moment too and then they show styles come out and cole's like could it be and i'm like yes it could you idiot why do you always find a way to call these big moments in the worst possible fucking way you're worse than joe no Nicole told me that like Michael Cole's like really good friends with Pat McAfee like off camera now she said he like goes Cole like goes with McAfee like places and hangs out with him like out of work and stuff <laughs> I, I, yeah. I can kind of tell that when I had Smackdown on Friday night uh, there was a part where McAfee like whipped out like a like a thesaurus yes yes and he was like like reading like all the synonyms for the one word and And McAfee was just like yes it's still like that he like he like slammed it down in front of Cole when he turned it back over to Cole to talk and Cole could barely continue laughing so (laughs) that was pretty entertaining actually I mean yeah they are I I know that I know you don't Pat but the best thing on wwe television right now is rollins and owens it's the best thing they have right now those two together it's like it's like jericho and owens kind of all over again they look like they were having a a fun at at that during that promo i didn't stick around (laughs) to the end of the show to watch the match but yeah they definitely looked like they were having fun on the promo and everything Roman, roman came out and eliminated like got got a disqualification like he he made it so 
the Usos can't be at ringside for that match. Like Roman came out and like caused it even. Interesting. Now, so, I, I mentioned before about how they've announced really so few people for the Men's Royal Rumble match. They've only announced 15 out of 30. So we know we're going to get some surprise entrance. And, same with the women too. Yeah. Well, they've, they've announced surprise, 20. They've announced, surprise, surprise. They've, announced tw- they've announced 21 for the women's match. So, that, so at least there's a little more, uh, but there's still, of course, plenty of room for, for surprises. Um, I was just reminded of somebody who could maybe possibly show up as a surprise in the women's field if she's if she's ready to go by now. I don't know if she is or not, though, that being Lacey Evans. I was just reminded of her when I was just watching the 2019 women's Rumble match a little earlier. I'm, I'm sure Joe, Joe is really disappointed to find out that the, the Iconics turned down an invite to the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I'm... I can't say I'm too surprised. They were never really used that well. But I just, I just know how much Joe liked them, so I was just being oh. sarcastic. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I always like. I was like. I read that they were offered and they got turned it down. I'm not surprised they turned it down either. I mean, I would have rather seen them than the Bellas. I'm sorry, but I would rather see them. Uh. Than <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm. I've never been a big Bellas fan, and watch them be like two of the last three in the ring again, like they were the, the first time. But so, so here's speaking, what I'm. Let me find something because my friend Shane sent something to me on Facebook, like tagged me because the 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 Bellas had to like go on their podcast and like, (laughs) hey guys, you know, we were officially in the Royal Rumble. Um fuck, where is it at? He he, it just I made a comment to it. Because of because of what happened. At WrestleMania last year, it would be fucking awesome if Bailey comes out and throws both of them out. <laughs> that would be. Cool. Oh my God! Yeah, That's they've made it sound way. like both Bailey and Sasha are not ready yet. I know obviously. Sasha's not. Bailey's kind of on the fence. Like Bailey yeah. maybe isn't, but if she borrows some stuff from Supercena, maybe she will be. <laughs> yeah, put, put put it put it put it this way: you can't discount the possibility right you know, sasha you know. definitely no but bailey <laughs> could show up so so this is so shane sent me uh he tagged me uh on their video and i just wrote this to kind of make sense and it kind of does it but it was just it i just wrote it and i put i put ug and put the sad face i said those two are about as good as two poi boy buddies in the ring good to look at and horrible at action <laughs> oh, <ouch. laughs> like yeah, Candace I went Michelle. there. Like Candace Michelle was. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, this is I can't believe. I think myself, why had Shane tagged me on this? But it is what it is. Um, Candace was at least competent when they gave her that push that time, as brief as yeah, was. she was. There was, I mean, there was others that they that they didn't really try to make competent there weren't too many of them that that point where that were competent not really <laughs> well yeah I mean, that was a I still, time frame they WWE definitely seems to be trying to get feelers out to xwwe wrestlers no matter what promotion they're at right now it definitely seems like that's what they're trying to do I think they're trying to do something different for this royal rumble so, i mean you got mickey james you couldn't get the iconics um well, is who's going to show up is they're, who they're, else is going to show up you know their women's roster i think is kind of thin again so yeah, like, like, the they, releases. like 
well yeah so that's what i'm saying like this would be like a year where it's really seeming to be like hard to justify a 30 woman royal rumble again because like you have 30 <laughs> women. They'll just pull a couple bodies from NXT. They'll put Raquel in it. Yeah. And, you know, and, I mean, Trish yeah. Trish Stratus might even Show be on. an option at this point. Yeah. I mean, it was announced, you know, before we got on the podcast that <coughs> the rumor is that they're going to bring a Braun Breaker in. Yes, um, Braun Breaker. In well, this see, fucking I, name. I would, Gunther. Would, Gunther was the other one. I oh, fucking Gunther. Gunther. Oh I, 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 was, I was wondering. Uh, this has got a German accent. I'm not buying it. Well, no, they, no, they changed Walter's name to Gunther, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about that real quick. Tuesday's show was the worst NXT show I've seen them so far. I, I it was, was the worst ever. I was, wondering the last I was wondering this afternoon if they might bring Braun up for a, a Rumble appearance just to try to help sell him. Um, I think they will. Yeah. I'm also thinking this, depending upon the order of the matches and I don't know that they're doing like a special start time for this because they got four undercard matches and then two rumble matches. Eight so, o'clock. Yeah, yeah well, those, those undercard matches are going to be short then. Um, uh-huh. They're going to do the women's Royal Rumble first and the men's last. They've done that a lot lately. Yeah, well, if they, what I'm saying is if they do the men's rumble match last, here's my expectation. Losers of the title matches will will show up in the rumble match so that That's... means Lashley, because he's not beating brock and roman that's what i'm wondering i'm wondering if they'll have well, i think i think rounds is winning so yeah i i think that they might have oh, Rollins roman just so roman can then enter the rumble match and win it to set up roman versus brock at wrestlemania yes. I think Rollins is going i really think because they said Rollins was going to win the match before brock got involved at the last pay-per-view. I think Rollins is going to win. Yeah. I, I think I think it's a distinct possibility. It's something I don't, that... I, I think they're... I don't know yeah. if they're going to turn Rollins' complete face, but he's getting face... Like, the crowd was singing his music and stuff. The fans in the crowd are starting to sing yeah. his music. So, <laughs> he's kind of a tweener, because I feel like Owens is, is playing that tweener part. So yep. if they, let they Owens, both are. If they let Owens beat Damian Priest and win the U.S. title, and then Rollins have the belt, the the other belt, then those two are entertainment together. If they both have belts, they're entertainment anyways. But that's this is just lightning in a bottle with Rollins and Owens, and WWE knows it. They were on television three different times during SmackDown, so WWE knows those two guys together are special. They know it. You don't put somebody on TV three times in two hours. If you don't know that there's something there. Talk is a collection of villages. Yeah. Oops, sorry about that. So, so anyway, so anyway, real quick about Walter. <laughs> so as AJ mentioned, they have changed his name to Gunther. Mm. Now, they trademarked the name Gunther Stark. Right. Okay. Bad idea. And then Jeremy. Somebody informed them that Gunther Stark was the name of a Nazi U-boat commander who was <laughs> sunk in the English Channel in 1944. Perfect. Yep. They should have stuck with it. Needless to say, they have abandoned the trademark filing for Gunther Stark, but they will still call him Gunther going forward. He's dumb. I would he better, like start, he better speak with a German accent. My name is Gunther. Well, he's Austrian, so... 
he has the accent naturally as far as I same know. same difference uh yeah well there's not a lot of difference between an austrian and german accent and i'm sure german and austrian people will hate me for saying that but <laughs> anyway anyway my point is this fucking company can't take five seconds to fucking google Research. something yeah before they decide that they're going to use this name as this person's name because that's all it would have taken to have found out that there was a German Nazi, whatever you want to regard it as, you know, soldier named Gunther Stark. That's all it would have taken. And my my, if they want to change somebody's name, they do that. We know they do that. But he's been Walter for like four years. So picking right. now to change yep. it is not smart. Like if you do it earlier in a career maybe it doesn't matter as much but doing it now is not smart because a lot of people know him by that name and they identify him by that name so to change it now i don't think it was smart yeah the other thing well, too because like i don't know how many times i've actually ever seen walter so let's say he enters the rumble next week and he comes out and Gunther. Which i would have been asking you guys who the fuck is this gunther guy and you guys would have said oh that's walter and i would have been like Huh? Why'd they change his name? <laughs> they should have, if they wanted to have him like in the German descent, whatever, you could still use Walter and spelled it in the German form with the T-H-E-R or however the fuck they spell it in German. You could have just used the German version of it and been done. But no, let's give him Gunther. And you could kind of tell when he was in the ring and he announced when he himself it. as Gunther, it was kind of like he doesn't seem too happy about this. And there's a lot of people like ex-wrestlers that even said he did not seem very happy that he had to announce himself as Gunther. Like, it was fucking stupid. And he should say, he should have to say it like Gunther. It was fucking dumb. They, they missed the obvious, too. If they were going to change his name to anything, they should, and because of the fact that they love to recycle shit from the past, like they tried to if they tried to give Keith Lee, the, you know, the Bearcat nickname from like Bearcat Wright and everything. And yeah. they should have had Walter change his, change his name to Fritz. And <laughs> he could have been the second coming of Fritz von Erich's original, you know, Nazi goose-stepping gimmick, for fuck's sake. I mean, that would have made more sense. And they could have gave him a, a, a valet called uh, Frau. This is Frau. That's, well, that's, that's yeah. a title. That, that's a title. A title but still, it would have been funny. Anyway, so it could have been, like, yeah, it could have been Frau whatever, yeah. But, Frau Liebchen. Speaking they just of um, some wrestling stuff. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. AJ, have you ever heard The Rock's rap from his song, from the song that he's Pro- in now? Probably. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I wasn't sure if you heard that yet. I queued it up, but I wasn't sure if you had. Yeah, it. I heard it. My daughter mm-hmm. came home. My 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 daughter Abby, <laughs> my ten year old. They evidently played that at cheer today, and she's like, "Dad, have you heard The Rock's song?" I'm like, "Yes, I've heard The Rock's song." <laughs> she's like, "Oh, it's so good." Uh, and then she's like, Lucas, did you hear it yet? She's like, you got to hear the song. It's so good. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's funny. Cause then I found the whole version. Cause all you ever hear most, you know, it's a big TikTok thing too. Um, is the, is the rocks verse in it. And I actually listened to the whole song. The whole song is actually really good. It's probably one of the best rap songs that I've heard in like the last 10 years, just because it, remi- it's, it's true to what, 
rap I remember growing up with and, and you guys grew up with too. So, you know, to me, it's like I said, it, to me, it's probably one of the best rap songs I heard in such a long time, you know? So, so on, uh, on Freddie Prince's podcast this week, he, uh, he talked about his relationship with John Cena, his relationship with Kane and his relationship with Vince. So Cena didn't like him. So nope. Cena used to, the first time Cena met him, he thought he, he, he said he called him Ashton Kutcher. So, um, Cena or Freddie said Cena, like in the middle of one of his promo classes, he said, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona were doing a promo and Cena came down and sat in the middle of them during this promo, just to be a dick. Hmm. So, and Freddie said Cena did not like him because he was Hollywood. So the irony of all of this now is that now Cena's Hollywood and he didn't like anybody back then. He didn't like the rock when the rock went Hollywood. <laughs> oh, now the Hollywood. tables have turned and <laughs> Oh, it's okay for me, but not for you. And he said that, <laughs> like, know. he said during that promo, when he interrupted him, Freddie said, he was like, John, let's, let's go out and talk in the hallway. And, you know, they came to an understanding, but Freddie said when he walked back in, Zack Ryder was like, God damn, I thought you were gonna fight. And I thought he was gonna kick your ass. And Freddie's like, I'm not about to Freddie's like, I'm not about to get in a fight with the incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> you steroid abusing freak. Oh man. So then when he was talking about Kane, he said he had a really good relationship with Kane, but he said he wrote a promo for Kane one time. And it had the word destroy in it. And Vince was like, Kane would never use the word destroy in a promo ever. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Vince I've heard him use the word destroy in promos. Said Vince was very particular with Kane's promos. There was five or six words that Kane would not and was not allowed to say in his promos. And he, he was like anal retentive about that, like to a T. So yes, Jesus Christ was one of those words, Joe. <laughs> I know. So th- when he was when he was telling the story about Vince, this one to me is hilarious because this this is Vince, guys. This is Vince being Vince. So he said that when they started making when they started the WWE films thing, he said that they there was a deal in place where they would make like four movies a year, and each movie was worth like it was like five million. So he said that there was a writer that worked for the company who was writing these fucking scripts for these movies and changing the name that he used, sending them in and they were doing these. And then he was the one producing his scripts and making these movies. So Cena said he figured it out and he went to Vince and told Vince and Vince was like, ah, well, it's $20 million. Who cares? (laughs) What? Oh, to be rich. So that means it's, Vince it's, knew, knew this guy was doing it and didn't fucking care. Just let's just blow $20 million on some D-rated movies. That's just fucking spectacular. Oh, yes. Fantastic. He, he did. I think he said his next podcast, he's going to have Jericho on. And they're going to talk about some oh, of the boy. backstage not so good stuff. So we might get some good stories on that one from Jericho because he said they're not necessarily going to be a. He's going to tell some stories about some backstage stuff that maybe not was not so good. 
and Jericho will have no problem telling those <laughs> stories. Yep. I Jericho definitely will never be back to the WWE except for Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. Did you hear Maybe about he shows up at the Rumble? Did you hear about what Dr. Britt Baker had to say on a podcast? Nope. Apparently, um, apparently she was having a tryout with the WWE a few years ago. Oh, yeah, that one. And she said that she was in like her second year of dental school, but she said she was going to quit so she could focus on wrestling full time. And the WWE told her, no, don't do that. Finish your degree. And she said that in retrospect, it was probably the best piece of advice they could have given her at the time. So think about the potential there if they had said to her, yeah, okay, whatever you want to do, you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she never finishes her dental degree. Maybe she never becomes Dr. Britt Baker. Maybe she's in WWE right now. Kind of an interesting what if, but interesting to see that WWE, you could say that's an example of them actually doing the right thing for once. You know, to yeah. tell somebody, look, this industry is rough. There's no guarantee you'll make it. If you're in dental school, don't go freaking dropping out. That would be the dumbest thing you could do. So I just found that kind of interesting. Yeah. Good advice for once. So next yeah. week we got the Royal Rumble, where we'll talk about the 25 most, uh, well, the 25 uh, most memorable things that happened during the Royal Rumble match. Where we, where we, should, where we shall belittle WWE, the WWE-produced list of the 25 greatest Royal Rumble match moments. Now, I will tell you, I will have a special guest during that podcast. And that will yeah. be? My son. I oh, guarantee no. you will be uh, hanging out. Uh, uh, the reason being is next week starts the competition week for uh, weekend for cheer. So uh, there'll be a lot more uh, me and me and the little guy time going on during the weekends because the ladies will be gone. Um, so uh, that that day is going to be very f uh, filled with lots of stuff because uh, got the basketball game at four o'clock. Go eat some dinner, then come back through the Royal Rumble. Uh, try and entertain him at the same time while doing the podcast with you guys. So it's going to be interesting. So. Uh, It'll be a fun-filled day. Yes, it'll be a fun-filled day. So I have to watch my language, motherfucker. Because uh, I still have my headset in, so he won't be able to hear you. Um, so you can still hear ah, all you want. Though. I will probably. Hey, I can't. I I am capable of keeping my language appropriate around children. I have never swore, to the best of my knowledge, in front of any of my nieces and nephews. Well, at last week's game, at this week's game. Um, I, one of my kids said a good pick and the kid bumped into him and bounced backwards and they call a foul and they say he leaned in. He probably did a little bit cause he's done that before, like during practices, but I kind of said under my breath and I think one of the kids heard me. I said, I can't kind of think that kid was just a pussy. I think one of the kids heard me and I looked at him. I said, I, was, I said, wussy, wussy. We'll see. <laughs> I heard. I heard what that, you said. There, what you said. That, that disappoints me a little because where I thought you were going with that was that you were going to say 
that like you know under your breath you said you know oh how can you call that a foul it was such good shit <laughs> it really was i was really actually impressed by this kid because we've asked this person to give screens before and he's given screens to the nopa the the invisible man so uh, oh we did have that's one always moment. fun we did have well, one we- moment during the game which scared the crap out of me um one of the girls on my team went the wrong way to try and score and, and, oh. and almost made a layup. When she came over, I said, I, and, and this was just like, my, my, my mouth got ahead of my, my brain. And I was like, I, I was like, I wanted to choke you. I was like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I was like, I called her back over. I said, I would never do that. I said, but I really wanted to run out there and tackle you. So you didn't score a bucket. <laughs> Oh Jeremy, my God. Jeremy, Jeremy. Let's be let's be honest here, Jeremy. Bear! You you wanted you wanted to choke her. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> let's rouse free well. <laughs> but no, I was just I like, I can't believe it. Like that it was just oh it was God. crazy. But yeah, like I yeah, it would have been a spear. Yeah, it would have been a spear. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I I am going. That to was dynamite. the first time I've ever experienced that. Can go the wrong way with the basketball. So I am going to dynamite this week. So I am Ooh. going to have floor seats. So um, it's going to be an explosion. Dynamite. And Adam <laughs> Cole and Orange Cassidy is going to be the main event in a lights out match. So oh, ooh, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, no, <laughs> whatever. Unsanctioned. It's like not really yeah. a, a match. <laughs> so they're going to say lights out. I just think. Okay, let's turn off the right. lights and listen to guys slam on the mat. No, like, oh, it's exciting. I, I was yelling at a Facebook friend of mine for replying to me with a gif of Orange Cassidy uh, yesterday. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> I, hey, I, hey, I, 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 I heard that uh, AEW might finally be doing the right thing. Which is what? Uh, getting rid of some people who they have no business employing. Like Peter Avalon, Marco Stunt. I heard that that like Joey Janela and Marco Stunt might be uh, and uh, that they won't renew them. And I'm like, well, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, There was somebody. There was was somebody else too. I think. I think Brian Brian, Cage. Brian Cage. Which that seems like somebody who they actually could do something with, but they just haven't. So whatever. I mean, he was. He was probably in a position where something was going to happen and then CM Punk came along and Adam Cole came along and Brian Danielson came along and I, you know, somebody get moved to the back of the line when you get those guys and Brian Cage was probably one of those people. Brian so, Cage, you're now on the yeah. back of the bus. Enjoy your But yet somehow games. Orange Cassidy and the best friends haven't been. I don't get it. They're not going anywhere, Pat. Brian Cage was also injured. He's got some neck issues. Oh, well, that's not good. Well, just like Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy's super over. They're not in the best friends. They're not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I know Cassidy's super over. I don't get it, but like somebody once said, wrestling is not for me anymore. They they did they did this like so like they did a mixed tag the other night. It was it was Britt and Cole against Statlander and Orange Cassidy, and it was a really good match. Except except. When Orange Cassidy hit Britt Baker to go through the table, he fucking tapped her. So, like, it looked like he barely touched her. And I know what they were doing, 
but it needed yeah. to look better than it did. It like looked like he tapped her and she fell through the table and it was not, it was, it, I know they don't want guys hitting girls and stuff, but there are ways that he could have made that look better than he did. Like it, it didn't look very good when he hit her and she went through the table. So yeah, come on, they could have did like when Bubba Ray powerbombed May Young. Right. May Young. That was awesome. What are you talking about? That was amazing. I know he did it. He did it the right way. I mean, he, he protected her as much as possible, yeah. but I mean, she looked like and she, she wanted it too. She was like, if, if you're going to, if you're going to put me, if you could do it to the boys, you could do it to me. And if you're going to put me through a table, you better put me through a table the right way. God damn it. I mean, it's yeah, the ball to fall, but it yeah, yeah, good. That's just it. yeah he, he's taking the impact of that bump, you know, from, from that spot, which, yeah, but you know. Hey, at least it didn't uh, screw up the match. At least it didn't screw up the match where I watched an NXT match and I heard every single fucking move that was being called out during the match. Oh, Which match was that, Joe? I don't fucking remember the names. I really don't. It was just horrible. The camera angles were horrible. I don't want to be hearing guys calling out fucking matches during the goddamn no, wrestling it, match. It was a bad show. If you take the, the Roddy Walter match was good. If you take that, that was out, it. The show that was, was it. It was really bad, Joe. You're right. That that was the only thing that saved that show and made it not a complete train train wreck. On was that, that last match on that channel that Pat uh, that uh, AJ and I not Pat uh, AJ and I have on the TV? I got to see Zach Ryder and Hawk fight. I mean, I know that's not their names anymore, but Brian Myers got this. Yeah, I got to see them fight in TNA. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. They just yeah. show the same fucking shit. Like I've seen. Penta and Phoenix fighting uh, Santana and Ortiz like three times this week. I've seen a clip of that fucking match. Every fucking time I turn it on, I'm like, God damn it. Can we show another clip? Yeah, they, they do those How mini clips in between like what yeah. would be the commercial break. Yeah. How many more times do I have to see Miss Tessmacher winning her first title? Jesus oh my Christ. God. She was terrible. <laughs> she was so bad, Miss Tespa. But they he was show, better like, than some of the others. They just the clips. It's like TNA was around for years. What if you you have five clips pulled from that and you just show them yeah. five clips like that over and, and over? Old AEW, like not AEW, uh, AM uh, America's Most Wanted, them AM. Yeah, yeah. Like, when they were like first put together, like before James Storm even had a they, beard. I've seen, I was like, I've seen Bob. I've seen Bobby. They were awesome. James Storm like five times. I've seen that clip like five times. <laughs> Every time we turn it on, when Nicole sees AJ with short hair, she thinks it's hilarious. She's like, "Oh my god, that's AJ!" <laughs> yeah, I know. He looked. He actually looked like normal. He didn't look like and he was trying to turn into a, a slim, woman. <laughs> a very slim. Oh my god! Will you guys show. stop with that shit? <laughs> when, when you see a, a very slim, don't be jealous of people who have hair. All right. Somewhat slimmed down Samoa Joe. <laughs> Just give, just give him a, just give him a minivan and call him soccer mom. <laughs> soccer mom has got it going on. Right, I see, I, I see WWE trademarked uh, Super Brawl and Uncensored. Oh no! They filed the well, trademark. And it's, it's rumored that it's Uncensored was so awful. Do we really need to revisit that? Um, well, WWE hey, is going to in Uncensored show was an absolute piece of shit exactly which means, better, which means that it was probably better than 40 percent of what wwe puts on now i mean that's and they're true. probably like, gonna 
they're probably going to be used for NXT as well. Is the is the rumor? I do remember Dustin Rhodes fighting somebody in the back, the back lot bully or whatever in a fucking truck driving down the road. So oh yeah, that was uh, that was uh, Repo Man. Are we gonna get <laughs> so? And we're, and we're probably gonna get Super Brawl. Fantastic. Super Brawl well, on Center will be part of NXT 2.0. Yes. Well, hey, is it is it any worse than what they're going to give us next month, which I am not watching? Oh yeah, the Elimination Chamber and the Blood Money pay per view. Yep. The Blood not Money pay per view, like really in Saudi Arabia. They're doing oh, the. Yeah. They're going to do. They're going to do the Elimination Chamber like next month, and it's probably going to be the last like you know, uh, network exclusive <laughs> event or whatever fucking term it is. I can't even remember now. Premium uh, wrestling, a premium live event. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's going it's to it's it's be the last mm. premium live event until WrestleMania, in all likelihood. And they're doing it in fucking Saudi Arabia as part of their blood money deal. So, fuck you, I'm not going to watch it. So, I mean, could we get it? Generally, like- those are missable. The last one wasn't terrible. The last <clears throat> was actually okay, but most of the ones have been shit piles. With the crown so. jewel. So yeah, featuring over the hill be... Kane and Undertaker against over the hill Michaels and Triple H, shit like I mean, that, or you know. We also got Goldberg and Undertaker there, which was one of the worst WWE matches ever. So, so I got I got to ask. Say that. They're calling it Blood Money. It's in Saudi Arabia. Can we sound any more racist with the freaking name of this pay per view? No, no, they're Honestly. not calling it that. Jeremy, oh, no. we're, we're saying that it's them getting their blood money. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's not actually called blood oh. money. <laughs> Don't confuse me like that. Don't confuse me like that. Yeah, it's not WWE blood money. some racist ass shit. So, Jeremy just made my night. They, they would, they would do something like that. They, they would. I agree with you. No, I Guys, agree with you. When I was. When I was over at my parents last weekend for my brother's birthday, we were like talking about stuff and we were talking about like podcasts. And my dad's like, Oh my God, you can listen to podcasts in the car. <laughs> wow. You got to inform your dad. <laughs> I know. I mean, Ow. my dad doesn't know that, but he doesn't also listen to anything on his phone either. So, you know, <laughs> my I dad's like, you can, you can do that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> wow. I tell you that sometimes, yeah, sometimes I wonder if uh, we should really let senior citizens have technology. (laughs) (laughs) I ask myself that every day. (laughs) Of course, your parents bother you about shit all the time. Every day. (laughs) All right. So it's the 12 o'clock hour. Do we have anything else that we want to discuss tonight? Nope. I'm tapping out. Oh, Joe tapped out. I, I want to say there probably was something else I had on my mind this afternoon, but I don't. Know. No, did we you? don't have another half hour for you to figure it out, all right? <laughs> I just said I don't you, remember what did it you, is. Did you tap out to the figure four, Joe, or what are you tapping out to? Um, tapping out to... Hmm, what am I tapping out to? The STFU. <laughs> oh, I, I, did just, I did just think of something real yeah. quick, which will only take a minute. Did you did you hear did you hear the, the crossface? Did you hear that? Did you hear that the runtime for the Batman is supposedly close to three hours? Yes. Yeehaw! Do you know they tested it for four hours? I did see something about. I saw the headline about that, but I didn't click on it to read it because it's like, man, yeah, you know, they they filmed a lot for that movie. You know, it's like 
as long as I pointed this out on some like internet comment board, uh, so long as it's well paced and it doesn't drag and it doesn't feel like it's longer than it actually is, like unfortunately most movies I've seen recently have, then I won't care how long it is. Like if it's entertaining and engaging for its entire, you know, runtime, right. then I don't give a shit if it's three hours long. So I think I'm pretty sure Batman and, and Spider Man is probably a close second is one of the few superhero movies that they have redone like multiple times because there was original Batman. Um, well, this would be four movies. Then they did. Yeah, technically this is the uh, fifth, sixth Batman. Batman that's been committed to film. So that's dating back to the serials that they did back in the late 40s. Then, you know, the movie that was the spinoff of the Batman TV show. Then the Keaton Kilmer Clooney movies. Right. Then the Dark Knight. I was looking at with the Keaton yeah. uh, Kilmer. Yeah. Then, then, the Dark, then the Dark Knight trilogy and then the, uh, the DCEU, which is, you know, I mean, which means Ben Affleck. So this is technically like the six different like Batman series that has come to film. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah, it is, but, you know. I wish they would like build off of one of them and into more depth, you know, build it into the DCU, you know, the, the, the well, that's, they that's just keep what on reinventing what, and reinventing and reinventing it. Well, that's what, you know, was supposed to happen when, you know, with the, with the Affleck version with, you know, with Batman v Superman and with justice League and, you know, it's hard to say exactly what you're doing with that because, you know, we've got the Flash in movie coming out at the end of this year and the Aquaman sequel. And in that Flash movie, we're supposed to see both the Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton Batman. So, yeah. because it's going we'll to see where it goes. Yeah, that's going to be like a multiverse type thing. So, and then I think I saw supposedly that the Michael Keaton Batman is supposed to, in some way, shape, or form, appear in this Batgirl. Batgirl. She, he, he is. So, uh, yeah. It's really just we'll see. I mean, I'm 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 past the point where I care about reading about every like rumor, possibility, or spoiler. It's just like just make a decent, entertaining movie, and that's all I really give a shit about. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're gonna call it an evening. We're gonna thank everybody for tuning in, and uh, you know, if you didn't catch it live, watch the you know catch the replay eventually be up on youtube and all the audio places for podcasts that we uh put it out there for you is um catch us next week on saturday at what times are we, are we starting are we doing the pre-show or are we catch are we starting on the regular event which is what starts at seven probably right eight it starts eight. at eight it's at eight so uh you know we'll be out between seven thirty and eight yeah okay. yeah between seven thirty and eight catch us for the royal rumble live telecast and you know our breakdown of that and the, the royal rumble 25 most memorable moments bullshit um that we got and i'll come up with some fun trivia too yeah some fun trivia but there will be no prizes i did not announce the prizes and i know i'm not doing, we're not doing prizes this time but maybe maybe uh, russell Mania will do prizes or something but once again we we always thank you guys for tuning in we really greatly appreciate it and with that we're gonna say good evening good morning and good afternoon and we'll catch you on the next episode